It's Tabunana. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. Uh, Lauren Rose. Well, I think it's Lorene. Dame DeLorean. Dame, Dame, Dame DeLorean. Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. I am a lone wolf. Oh, he does live in Kansas City. Bowl after bowl. Sir Spencer and Dame DeLorean. What does it mean to be the wolf? That's why his body fell apart. That's what it means. Hey, welcome back to another Tuesday. Happy Token Tuesday. Thank you, thank you for joining along. It is August 10th, 2021. You're listening to episode 98 of Bull After Bull. I'm Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. I'm Dame DeLorean. And sitting next to me in his little boppy is the wolf cub, Baby John. That's right. Joining us. As always, he will be cooing and coughing and maybe pooping his diaper. You never know till you find out. The wise man once said. It's true. Right. It's right. It's true. It's true. Well, welcome, everybody. You Let's, are in the bowl. You are in the bowl. Florian and I on a Tuesday night. You can be listening live on the bowl stream. If you go to bowlafterbowl.com and click on listen live, there's a bunch of different fun links there, including our audio stream, which... Uh, it runs most of the time. I I don't really have it on militantly 24-7, but I will have it tomorrow uh, streaming some 100th episode for Sir Seat Sitter action. Uh, so he'll be streaming, I think, from uh, 12 Eastern to midnight Eastern, 12 to 12 on the East Coast time slot. That'd be a great one. That'd be a crazy one. And... Uh, yeah, sometimes I stream podcasts, sometimes just some music playlist, and sometimes I queue up some music and then I leave for a while and the thing crashes and it's just dead air on there. Mm, sometimes sometimes I'm making an important online call and then I have to turn the stream off altogether. So we cannot stream sensitive bits of information, man. You ever drum on stream? Sometimes. Sometimes I drum on stream. Oh, I know the children have karaoke on stream. Yes. All kinds of stuff. You never really know what's going to happen on the bowl stream. Uh, thank you, too, to all those on No Agenda Nation listening live through the No Agenda stream. Uh, and we thank No Debit for putting up the IceCast stream that we use for the bowl. And we thank Sir Ryan Bimrose for getting us on the No Agenda stream every Tuesday night right after DH Unplugged is when we launch this bad boy. Uh, and we're back at it again. Yes, thank you, sirs. Thank you, bowlers and producers out there. Uh, if you're new to the show, we always start things off by thanking everybody that put it together. And, of course, we thanked some of our infrastructure fellas. But uh, really, we're a value-for-value value podcast, so most of the No Agenda community is very familiar with how that works. This is a show that's put out there for free. You can listen to it, and uh, you can decide. Does it bring you anything? Does it bring you something of value? Do you love it? If so, send us back something. That represents that value to you. Maybe it's a new story. Maybe it's some kind of a clip that you heard or an ISO that you think, wow, wouldn't that be funny to send the, send the uh, bowlers, see if they like it. Uh, another way to support us is Treasure, of course. 
we must remind everybody about the first rule of smoking. First rule of being a smoker is it's bad manners to keep bumming all the damn time. That's right. So we ask that you don't be a mooch. Dude, I've been mooching off you for years. And uh, if you found value, send it back. Send it back. There's so many ways to do it. We have a PayPal donation at bullafterbull.com, PayPal link. Uh, we had a BTC pay server link, and uh, I got some messages this week. Hey, is the BTC pay server down? It is down currently, yes. Oh, no. Uh, just ran out of uh, my, my virtual server, kind of ran out of uh, coinage, and I was going to let it expire because I'm trying to figure out how to set it up off of my Raspy Blitz. And uh, that'll, that'll be coming up soon. But in the meantime, you can stream stats with all kinds of different apps, which is sort of what we um, are pushing towards the happiest. We're really excited about the Podcasting 2.0, streaming stats for value for value. And, uh, of course, as, as Adam Curry mentioned, it just goes really well uh, with weed, I think, for some reason. Streaming value for value. And weed is an excellent combination. It can't be beat. It's an excellent combination. Um, and we really push the value for value so hard. The bowl after bowl guys are pushing the value for value so hard. We like to mention it up front uh, with everybody's uh, donations and notes. No uh, cuck bucks this week. Nothing came in through the PayPal the past week. Uh, I mean, the moose factor is pretty high with this crowd. And we did get about uh, 20K on the sat stream, but this is one of the interesting weeks because this is the first week we've had at least uh, something come in every day through all seven days throughout the past week. So there's little micro streams dripping through all the time. The different apps that you can use, one is uh, Sphinx Chat. You can go to sphinx.chat to get hooked up with that. Uh, another is Podfriend. Another is CurioCaster. You can find all of them at newpodcastapps.com and search for anything that has the um, value tag. If you see under pla uh, under supported elements, uh, the ones that say value, that's what's going to be able to stream sats to the show. The newest one is Fountain, and you can find out more about them at their website, fountain.fm. I wanted to talk a little bit about them because we mentioned them on the last show. And now they are officially on Android. Over the weekend, they released their Android version. All right. So C-Mike was on there when it was on iPhone only. He was checking it out. He said that he had a hard time finding us in the search. Uh, we did some more exploring on the Android version now that I can test on that side. And indeed, if you search bull after bull, a lot of stuff comes up, but none of it's bull after bull. But then once you put us in quotes, if you put mm. us in the quotation marks, bull after bull, then it's all our stuff. So if you're searching it on Fountain... You will have to, at least for now, put it in quotes. Now I've uh, emailed them because uh, they've been in contact. I think they sent out a message to everybody that has a value tag. So everybody that's already enabled uh, streaming sats on their podcast, they kind of shout uh, shot out an introductory email. And so I shot one back just kind of mentioning the bugs that I found. Now another one that's kind of wild, uh, as I was playing it today, if you launch an episode... The audio starts playing, and then there's a clip button and a boost button, and it shows you kind of the sats per minute being streamed. I wasn't able to change any of that. Basically, it's frozen at zero, and um, the only buttons that actually work when you're playing the, the uh, episode 
in my experience, are the 30 seconds forward and backward where you can hop through the show, skip forward or skip backward. Uh, you can tap those, and the audio does skip forward or backward, but again, it just it stays at zero, zero, zero on the timer. Mm. So I took some screen caps and sent them in. Uh, it is the very first release, so you can expect there to be some bugs involved. The art's also super small. The art on does that seem small. The screenshot you have there. Um, yeah, so it's interesting. I love this kind of early adoption stuff because you can get in there and just test everything and break everything and let them know, you know, what's going on and what your experience is. Now, there's a built-in app that you can send sats to, similar to the Breeze experience. So Breeze Wallet does the same uh, thing, and they have full functionality in theirs as far as boosts and streaming goes. Uh, but I think that the Fountain um, plan, what they what they are going to be offering that's different or what their strategy is, is going to be in this clipping feature. So uh, Nick Malster is the guy that was emailing me, and he said uh, they're going to start a competition, a clip competition. So uh, obviously we're going to wait a little bit until we can actually start clips once that function is actually working in my app um but basically we'll let you know when that goes live maybe we'll do it for the 100th episode because ours is coming up in a couple of weeks um basically it's a clip contest to create the best clips from a certain episode so maybe in the 100 episode we'll have people uh do the contest man clip 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 it up it's uh it's gonna be an interesting feature because it'll be You'll be able to grab those clips and easily share them on all kinds of different social media. So That's neat. For podcasters and podcast listeners, it's going to be an easier way to kind of show people, hey, check this podcast out. Um, boost my friends, you know. And hopefully it uh, generates even more excitement about the uh, the value for value streaming that we got going. Yes, value for value. It's the only way to be. Only way to be. Only way to be. In my humble opinion. Uh, another way that you can support the show, two more ways I'm going to talk about, and then we're going to get rolling into the main, uh, stuff that we're talking about tonight. But, uh, one thing that we do every single week is we have the first time I ever topic. We talk about the first time I ever did fill in the blank. This time, it's the first time I ever got kicked out of class, and you can call in and leave a voicemail message to the show, and we'll play it on the show. It's very easy. Just pick up the phone and... Call eight one six. Six zero seven three six six three, and the play of voicemail. Maybe you're a little voice shy. Maybe uh, you don't really want to leave a voicemail. In that case, you can always text eight one six six zero seven three six six three. It'll still come through. And we'll read your text on uh, we'll read your text on the show. Yeah, we accept pictures there too. That's right. You can always send a picture as well. The final way that I wanted to mention uh, in value for value. So we've talked about time, we've talked about talent, we've talked about treasure, but really another way uh, to propagate the formula when you're over here is what we call passing the bowl. So you know, next time you're passing bowls with some buds, I tell them about the show. Just uh, just a little hint, just a little plant. Pass that bowl. Give them a link. Tell them bowlafterbowl.com. Bowlafterbowl.com. And uh, that is my housekeeping. 
for this week. All right, very so cool. Now we can kind of dive in to the show. It's been a fun, uh, busy week as as it just seems ever since the summer. Somehow it just got really busy. This whole month has been kind of crazy. I've been running around, uh, wheeling and dealing in the real estate world, and then also working on this album with Abel Kirby. Uh, we actually started a few weeks back a podcast that will kind of document our journey to put out an album in the same way that all these podcasts now are enabling sat streaming on the value for value system. We wanted to kind of demonstrate the way we can publish music in the same way. So uh, not only are we going to work on an album, we also are trying to come up with sort of an app solution that services a music experience in this value for value way. So uh, the podcast is called Ablecraft, A-B-L-E-K-R-A-F-T. If you're so inclined, check that out. I did get the MIDI data to uh, Willow Brown over to him today. So hopefully by the time we sit down on Thursday, he's had time to look at it and tell me what I did wrong on it, (laughs) what I need to fix and all that kind of stuff. Um, So that'll be good. That'll be good to check out. Now, will you be releasing song by song or a full album? You know, we'll probably do a little bit of both. I'm not sure. We've we've talked about, you know, the prospect of, hey, should we tease them out as we get them mastered and as we get them kind of ready to release? Or we do it all at once? Uh, I suspect that we'll probably put a few different songs out there once they're, once they're ready for the uh, public consumption. Cool. A tease. Yeah, it's a tease indeed. But man, I'm just kind of... My experience and my background when it comes to drumming is mainly either in band or, you know, live performance, live stuff. I did a little bit of recording, but most of my recording experience is just recording straight audio and, you know, adding it to a mix. And usually with musicians, like in a, in a set, right there around me, recording at the same time. So this whole... Um, digital album working where I'm just I get the tracks in from Abel Uh, Fletcher's playing bass on a couple of them now Um, and then I'm listening to that and kind of letting that inform me what should the beats be what should the drums be what what should be going on and uh, man it's definitely a challenge not being in the same room with people and just having to kind of go by ear and and play along with a click track but uh, it's it's really fun what's come out of it I'm learning a lot about Dawes and specifically Reaper and about how to kind of track the ba- uh, track the MIDI, track the, all the MIDI notes, export MIDI data. I'm just a total noob at most of it, but uh, it's going along. Yeah, but jumping in, diving right into the deep end, that's how you learn. That's kind of how I do all of this crap. You, yeah, it really is your method, isn't it? It is. Put it the is. keys in the ignition and start that engine. You know, drive and you, you know, learn some things on the way. Maybe you get... <laughs> Maybe you hit a curb, maybe you get pulled over, you can deal with that as it happens. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, just get in the car and drive. That's our advice, too, when we're talking about uh, getting in on this podcasting 2.0 noise. Uh, I've offered it many times, but my advice to all podcasters is that if you are a podcaster, you should be running a full node that represents you as a podcaster and then you can plug it into your show, or if you have two hosts, you know, you each can have a node that you split 50-50. All of this good stuff. I love the music 
aspect of this and what you're doing, what you and Abel Kirby and Fletcher are doing. And I really think this is the way forward for all musicians because just thinking back on it, there's so many albums that I revisit that I would love to give more value to the artists that created them because they still bring value to my life. And instead it was just a one-time CD or vinyl purchase that they get, you know? But they're worth so much more than that. Definitely. Well, that's one thing that we talk about a lot is the value system, where it's set up and how it kind of has always been in music in the past was, you know, you have an album that you buy, you purchase a physical copy of it, and then you've got it, you know, whether you buy it on vinyl or you bought a CD or you bought a tape. Even in the iPod era, when you bought it off iTunes, you grab it, you download it, and ba-bam, it's yours. And so you can play it forever and ever. And that's, you know, a one-time $10 purchase or whatever it happens to be. Vinyls can get pretty expensive, depending on which ones you get and if you buy them new. But at the most, maybe a one-time purchase of like 60 bucks for a double vinyl that's brand new. Somewhere around in there. Uh, in the value-for-value value system, what's nice is you can put it out there Everyone can try it. If they don't like it, they can move on. But like you're saying, if it's a if it's a significant piece of music that you're revisiting over and over for years of your life, like I always bring up Pink Floyd's Animals for me because that's something that I first heard when I was in high school and that I still listen to today. So over half my life, I've listened to Animals by Pink Floyd. And if they were on a value for value, I'd definitely be giving them value over time on exactly. it. Exactly. You know? So we just kind of want to be part of this new pioneering of music. And it's definitely something that's needed, you know. I mean, Kanye pissing on his Grammy famously on Twitter and publishing a lot of the shitty music contracts that the shitty record deals that he got uh, tied up into. There's another way. We can make another way to do it. Yeah. That doesn't involve signing your life away and signing your rights away and signing all your art away and your creative rights, you know. Yep, and limiting the value on it. Yeah. It's put, freedom. Putting a ceiling on your value. We like to keep the value unlimited. I want to say hey, 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 and what's up to the hoggeroos that just joined in the in the bowl, as well as Metis, the nerd Howdy of all nerds. Ho. Oh, he's not a nerd. He's a cool guy. Yes. <laughs> hello, hello, and welcome. Speaking of nerd, though, I made you watch a documentary this weekend that I had been putting off watching for, shoot, over five years. That's right. We are X. All about the J-Rock band X Japan. And uh, in recent years when they played uh, Madison Square Garden in 2016. Excuse you, little baby. How rude. Jeez Louise. Um, but, you know, I, I thought it was interesting. I guess I wouldn't really recommend anyone uh, watch it if you're not into J-Rock already. Although you're an I outsider. Would. You would. I would. I've been you telling, gained a lot from it. I've been telling everybody about it, actually. <laughs> really? That uh, that I saw it and stuff. It See, just bummed me out, okay? Because the two... <laughs> sorry, let me go for a minute. Oh, yeah. Two of the band members died, and I just wish that there had been more attention and... Uh, I don't know. Just Attention's a good word, I guess, given to them. Um, you know, especially Hide. It just seemed kind of glossed over. And... Uh, it was kind of the Yoshiki show, which is fine. And, like, I I had unfortunately seen the, like, Kissology or 
whatever that documentary that just ran on cable TV was at your dad's house because he's a TV watcher. Mm-hmm. And it's like the story is being told by the band members who survive, you know. And in the KISS uh, space, just the ones that are sticking together, not going uh, crazy. But it was just interesting. It was interesting. But where I got pissed off and jumped off the couch and almost broke some shit is because they had uh, the guitarist of my favorite band, Dern Gray, Kaoru, he made a statement about how prolific Yoshiki is. And he is. He's a wonderfully talented musician. Ex-Japan really set the stage for Visual K and all the J-Rock I love. Um, but then they showed during Grey, and they had Kyo, my absolute favorite musician in the whole wide world. It, he was behind someone in the shot that they showed. Uh-oh. The man is like four foot eleven. We see eye to eye. <laughs> and so I was just like, what? No one puts Kyo in the background. Are you joking me? I got so pissed. You were definitely triggered on the couch. I was triggered. Jumping up and down. And it was at that point I knew. I was like, they're not even going to go into Hide's death, Raging are out. they? It was just like, oh, yeah, I think it was a suicide. And anyway, moving on. <laughs> they, they did talk about it a bit, actually. Yes, and they showed him and talked about how wonderful he was with his fans and I don't know. I just wanted more. I wanted more Hide. What can I say? I'm greedy. It didn't give me what I wanted. But it was still good and interesting. And uh, I was real freaked out watching this older performer get, what are those, cortisone shots? Like, before every show. uh, Because his body's just, like, falling apart and he's in pain. But to work with the pain, he's getting these you know shots that people usually get every three months or so he's getting them like every night yeah that part was nuts it man. was the, freaky and just the physical expenditure he made at for every show where he's like barely able to slither off the stage at the end he literally and everybody has to be like, carried off the oh stage. is this an act no like he's breaking his own body and those guys were like up there getting old you know oh yeah no, and yeah. You, i think uh the rolling stones are a common example people point out when they're like old rockers that still go on tour you easily point to the stones but the stones are kind of like reasonable in their music playing and what they do and they kind of you know have a basic rock thing going on these guys what they do is not easy it is very intricate it's super fast and loud and they, like he's just wailing on these drums like yeah and even his piano playing and his piano play, i mean he's breaking his body down yeah. No doubt about it. That's why his body fell apart. And I know Gene Simmons made an appearance in the documentary. Yeah. And he said, when he said, if these guys had spoke English, they would be the greatest rock band of all time. Oh, man, that just killed me. That just pierced my heart. Because so many of their songs are in English. You know? Like, <laughs> I'm like, it is in English. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know. <sighs> But, uh, alas... English is kind of the global language of business and culture, and, and other languages that do have, like, a worldwide recognition of bands that, you know, sing in other languages, but it's not many, and you do cut out some of the uh, overlap, because the, t- the most common second language for just about everybody's English, too, so it's just kind of a, one of the international languages. Kind of, it is. I think the international language. Yeah. Safe, safe, safe to say. 
But Safe yeah, is- I, I would recommend it to anybody, even if you're not into J-rock or uh, I guess if you specifically like music. Visual K, but you like rock and roll in general or you like music, it's super fun and high energy. And it didn't trigger me because I don't know enough. Like I didn't, <laughs> I didn't base my whole preteen and teenage years on uh, that that music. So that scene, it's a good way to introduce yourself and connect the dots to, you know, because you're constantly talking about Duran Gray and kind of wanting to share it, but then kind of not wanting to share it, and you're you always battle that. Yeah. And for me, I don't know. It um, it definitely kind of gave me a better perspective or a broader perspective like this is the root of that whole movement you know definitely it explained a lot especially with the time and yeah the culture japanese culture also in the relationship between musicians and their fans yeah that these bands had going on um yeah because when hide died a lot of people committed suicide or ended up in terrible car accidents. It didn't help that his funeral was on, like, the hottest day of the year. Um, so people were just passing out from exhaustion. And they did have a very small amount of footage of that. Um, just clips of people being carried out on stretchers um, from exhaustion. But anyway, yeah. We are X. You we can, are X. You should check it out. Yeah, find it pretty easily online. Stream it for your viewing pleasure. And I thank The Wolf for sitting down to watch it with me. Awoo. I did want to just kind of wrap a little bit on kind of format of the show and the future and direction. Uh, We have always, from from the time that we started back up, we've really tried to incorporate you, the listening audience, you, the bowlers, into the show and make it interactive. And kind of that's the point of value for value, too. It's like you're listening out there every week. Uh, Sometimes we do bowls with buds as well. And we would sort of, I just wanted to take time out to ask for feedback um, and kind of give a, a recap of our format, I guess, what it's evolved into. So when we do the live show, typically, like we've just done up to now, we kind of introduce ourselves and go right into a value for value segment and thank producers. And then we recap our lives and then 33 segments uh, where Lorian brings us all the great articles that have mentioned 33 in the past uh, week. And then we go behind the curtain. Behind the curtain is sort of a, the curtain that you see in a typical head shop where you go back there and that's where all of the pipes are and that's where all of the, you know, nowadays you get the CBD gummies and all that good shit or the medical weed if you're in a medical state, all the porno mags, everything that's like you got to be 18 in the head shop. It's behind this curtain and so we kind of talk about our weed stories and we talk about other things back there behind the curtain. That's like our second half of show stuff. And then we go into a voicemail segment and then we end with uh, our gutters and strikes, which is kind of off the wall news stories that we give sort of a judgment. Was that a good one or a bad one? Was it a strike or a gutter ball? And I got to thinking like, should we wait and hang on and put more content up front at the beginning and save the thinking of the producers, you know, toward the middle. I know that a lot of other shows start you off with content and they get you really, you know, immersed. And then there's like a break in the middle where all the donation thank you kind of stuff comes in. And, you know, we just kind of unfolded this out organically. So I'm interested to see people's takes on it. You can text or call in or uh, email is always a great way if you want to strike up conversation. Spencer at bullafterbull.com. 
or Lorian at bullafterbull.com. But I was just thinking, you know, as as we nearing as we are nearing our hundredth episode, I'm always game to make tweaks and changes and improvements uh, where we can. And speaking of tweaks, changes, and improvements, while we've been talking, we did get two producers coming in on the PayPal. Woo! And so I do want to break, uh, pump the brakes, and thank them. Uh, and I'm going to do them in chronological order here because they just kind of zoomed in. Under the wire, the first one from our friend Reverend Cyber Trucker. Hey, thanks, Rev. Thank you, Rev. Uh, Streaming value for value. He's got value for value. Uh, 30 bucks. He says, no cuck buck donations must rectify reality shattering imbalance. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> thank you, Reverend Cyber Trucker. And thank you for bringing us the metal moments. Yes, absolutely. Um, so many ways to contribute, and we just like to uh, have uh, participation. That's like, that's the beautiful thing about the bowl. It's like a community experience. Everybody, even though we're maybe from different backgrounds, we have different opinions about all kinds of different things. But we're still passing bulls. It's just kind of a, a communal thing here. Uh, and then uh, Sir Candinavian came in with 50 bucks. Aw, thanks, Sir Candinavian. And he says, Sir Candinavian says, hi. H-I-G-H, hi. Hi. Thank you for the value for value. So thank you so much. And uh, for you guys, I have a joint somewhere. Where is the joint? Oh, that's the problem with the bull. There's just so much stuff back here. I know. It's like all over the place. All over the place. I'm going to give you this joint, nigga. There you go. There's a joint for you. You can spark it up. So thank you. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what people say about format or different things. I know a lot of guys are just like, oh, don't change nothing. But we're always on the lookout. How do we make it better? How do we make it stronger? How do we make it uh, catered to you? Because we don't want to fall by the wayside. We don't want to, you know, get stale or burn out or anything like that. We want to always be improving. Always find ways to make it better, make it more fun more interactive, and uh, give the people what they want. So thank you. Thank you, everybody. You guys are the greatest. Yeah, we love our producers. Did you see that India has only gotten 33 medals ever in the Olympics? No. Yeah. Did they just get their 33rd? Yeah, 1.3 billion people and 33 medals ever. Wow. What is up with that? Interesting. Well, I wonder why. I wonder why. It's because they don't eat beef. You think so? <laughs> I don't know. That's just my off-the-cuff uh, thinking there. It could, be. it could be a factor. I'm just trying to think of like the popular sports in India. Well, Pretty much I, soccer and cricket, right? Yes, I maybe. And I don't think cricket is an Olympic sport. I have not visited India, uh, and I don't know anyone that's straight off the boat from India. Um, but I was going to say, I think they might. their culture might just have more... Uh, support behind academics than athletics. It could be. Because the United States is a very sports-centric country we got here, you know? Definitely, yeah. We love our sports. I'm not sure India is the same way. It could be. But on top of that, you know, uh, impoverished impoverished communities with, like, poor uh, health and lack of nutrition, no infrastructure, I don't know. Could be a lot of uh, could, could be, be a, a lot, lot of factors. Things. They're too busy working in the call centers. I mean, I know they're super stoked about cricket because a lot of the cricket fields here, it's a lot of Indian guys playing. And uh, Carolyn says India is the cricket capital of the world. 
there's only been one Olympics that featured cricket, and that was what? the 1900 Olympics in Paris. Oh, bring it back. Where uh, Great Britain won the gold. So Only one time. I wonder One why. time ever. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, there is. They always talk about reintroducing it, but it hasn't been reintroduced yet. All talk, no action. If there wasn't a reintroduction of it, it would ha- it would require it would be required that they include a women's uh, event also. So there wasn't in 1900 there wasn't a women's cricket. Mm. So interesting. Well, now there would be. Yes, there would. I don't think they'd have a problem finding players. No, man. No, there's definitely national and international cricket leagues. So gotta get it. Uh, gotta get it. Gotta get it going, man. Give India a chance. Yeah. They've only got five more medals than Michael Phelps. The whole country <laughs> of them. Oh, jeez. <laughs> when you put it that way, that's crazy. Yeah, isn't it? But hey, thirty-three is the magic number. Right. So I need to. Maybe things are gonna look up for them after this. Cry for help. I need to have an IT event at the Olympics, maybe. Oh yeah, maybe. Lancashire police snare 33 of Blackpool's most wanted through Operation Hunter. That was the headline. Ooh. But what's interesting is that they actually arrested more than 230 people. They just focused on the 33 that came out of Blackpool. Huh. Why? Why Because 33 is the magic number. Must be it, man. (laughs) But yeah, all these task forces came together to hunt people down with warrants. And they got a lot of them. They're looking for more. And my third top three 33 story for tonight is that a 33-year-old mom fears going bald after losing huge chunks of her hair due to COVID stress. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) There's There's not much to say. She's a beautiful woman. I I will say that. But um, then she did, you know, share these photos of this fist-sized bald spot on her head. And I think stress will do that to you. She's a single mom. That doesn't help. That can add stress right there. She's in the dating scene. She was too embarrassed to go out in the dating scene with her bald spot, which started off uh, as the size of like a 10 pence coin, which I guess is somewhere between a quarter and a half dollar in in my knowledgeable brain. (laughs) I'm tracking. I'm tracking. Um. But she said she was too self-conscious to go out on dates, but then she has this whole story published about her with pictures of her bald spot, you know? Yeah. That seems weird to me. That's interesting. Everyone's going to, if they go creep on her, they'll find this story and see her bald spot at its worst. She said that the hair's growing back now, but on top of the COVID concerns, her 10-year-old daughter was just diagnosed with diabetes. Oh, Um, damn. They didn't say what type, but it's just, I mean, being a mom is stressful. Yeah, especially yeah. being a single mom. That can pile up. Being alive is stressful, actually. You know, just go back on it and push a little further. But boy, I feel for her having a bald spot like that right on the top of your head and then having an article written about it. You know, you can wear hats, headbands. Right. Uh, get a little weave just on top, maybe. Just Lots of suggestions, was... but talking to journalists is not one of them. Amazing she was 33. You got to wonder if she really exists. <laughs> right? <laughs> You know who really does exist? See, this might be a, a reason to leave the the thank yous to the middle of the show because now Quirk S came in. Oh, Quirk S. Woo! Oh, I've got I've got a good one for that. 69! 69, dudes! Yeah! Love, oh, wow. We love you, Quirky. Yeah, we love you. 
No note, but uh, we feel the note. We got it. We got it in our minds right here. We're feeling that shit. Feel it in the soul. That's right. We love all the producers out there. You were there. feeling that shit. Oh, man. But of course, you know the magic number pops up in all the koof stories, right? Yeah, they always <laughs> have a gang of them that are COVID-specific, for sure. I'm now calling until the nonsense ends, which, haha, right? Like, when is that going to happen? Sure. I'm going to call this, can't stop koofing. Can't stop koofing. You hit the bong too hard, you can't stop koofing. <laughs> the root. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, shit, there were 33 new cases in Ka Kong Province, Cambodia, oh. Guernsey County, Ohio, and Nelson County, North Carolina. They went to counties this Jeez. week. okay. You're kind of stretching it. Got to yeah. dig for them. Got to dig for them. Add the towns together, and we'll find that 33 that we need. Right. Uh, then there is a story. More than 8,000 cases in Laurel County, Kentucky. Only 33% fully vaccinated. Oh, nice. Uh, in Ireland, 33 patients ended up in the ICU with the coof. 33% of Nepal's population should be vaccinated by mid-October. That's pretty low. I say good for Nepal. And also, while I say that, uh, and I don't agree that this is a vaccine. I think it's, uh, you know, an experimental jab sure. is a more appropriate term for it. But they really push against the people choosing not to get the experimental jab. But I think the number is of unvaccinated, unjabbed folks is a lot bigger than the media lets on. Don't you? Yeah. And sometimes I feel like the numbers for people I've, who are fully jabbed is might be exaggerated. Well, there's also kind of a... You have to look at where the incentives lie. And right now there's an incentive to say you did get jabbed, whether you did or not, you know? So you have to kind of take every number with a grain of salt. There's also an incentive for the government to be reporting high percentages of vaccinated, you know, whether it's whether it's local governments or na national governments. Their incentive is to say, oh, yeah, we got our people vaxxed, like sales are going good, you know. So you got to wonder how much the numbers are fudged. It's really hard in this era to believe any kind of official tally that anybody gives, you know, so... I don't know. You got to kind of take it with a grain of salt and break it down as to like, well, if the numbers were fudged, who would be fudging them and why and in what direction? You and then you got to follow the money. And yeah, I think you're <laughs> right. I think that uh, they probably would inflate the vaccination rates um, just to kind of, I don't know, grease the wheels, make people feel better, make their numbers look good, make their government look good. You know, we're doing it. We're getting shots in arms, guys. We're using them, using all the things we ordered for millions of dollars. Which, yeah, you know, I mean, there, there's definitely a lot of people taking it, for sure. Oh, yeah, and now with the job mandates popping up, yeah. more people are, more people they are, don't want to fight. More people are told they have to, which isn't necessarily, doesn't necessarily mean you have to, but they're told they have to. Some people are walking out or getting fired. There was um, it's ha it's just rolling out all over the place, so it's kind of it's kind of wild. There was a good amount of people who gathered in front of City Hall here in Kansas City to protest against the indoor mask mandate that the mayor put back in place starting last Monday, or was it? yeah it was last Monday, um, and now the Missouri Attorney General has filed a lawsuit against the mayor of Kansas City for the mask mandate over it, you know, saying, yep. 
Can't do that. It's unconstitutional. Shutting it down. Hopefully it goes somewhere. Do you have any update on that or just that it was filed? Just that it was filed. It was filed on August 3rd. I haven't seen any updates yet, but I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah. And I was happy to see it happening in the show me state because they can't really show any proof that wearing a mask is going to save anyone, even though they want to say it over and over again and over and over and over again. But it's so silly. And, you know, they're saying, why we need the mask mandate because the kids are going back to school. (laughs) They're too young to get the jab. So they have to, everyone got to wear masks. Think of the children. It's so funny how they'll just say, think of the children. And it's like, no, you think of the children. Imagine being a child, having your face covered, not being able to hug your friends or sit next to them at lunch. And then go fuck yourself. It is really messed up. I'm thinking of the children by smiling at them and not wearing a mask and proving that our bodies are made to fight off these things. We get sick, we get better, we become stronger for it. Yep. Well, and really what it boils down to is personal choice and whatever you want to do, whatever you want to get, you know? And you do your own risk assessment. I do my own risk assessment. Everyone gets to do their own risk assessment and do their own research and what you know what you believe what you object to some people follow completely different religious tenets some people follow different political tenets some people just follow the crowd and whatever you want to do none of those necess- you know none of those are necessarily wrong or evil you you should be in this country able to do any of those things and uh yeah you know, informed consent much we're we're not looking to stop anybody from doing what they want to do no but i don't want people stopping me from doing what i want to do yeah in response i don't care you want to wear a mask go for it i don't i know we we talk about it a lot but the problem comes up with there's kind of two groups that are being selected and targeted in silence right now and one group obviously are the people that are holdouts or they even call us hesitant vaccine hesitant as though we're like waiting, but we're going to get it eventually. But a lot of us are just saying, no, it's not for me. No, thank you. Like, just no thank you. That's all. Uh, the other group are the the kind of the, the vaccine injured who are experiencing long-term side effects. And on Reddit or on Twitter or on Facebook, whatever, they're posting, you know, legitimate serious concerns. Many of them who still recommend the vaccine, even though they happen to get side effects, uh, and many who say, you know, I got a side effect, even though it's probably rare. Um, some people regret it. Some people don't, but all of those people are also being silenced and being censored just for sharing their story, just for saying what's happening to them. So it's always concerning when you see pushback and censorship and silencing of, of certain voices. Like everybody should just be able to talk freely and get the jab freely or not get it freely. And Go about wear a mask freely or not wear a mask freely. You know, just making everybody's own decisions. Wouldn't it be nice? Supposed to be the whole point, you know, of a free society. And that's not just the United States. We're supposed to be, like, the shining example. But the entire Western world is supposed to run this way. And the biggest lockdowns and restrictions are going on in in, in Europe. Well. And in Australia. Australia, yeah. It's freaky. It's it's just kind of crazy right now. What can you say? Seeing man? pictures of what can you be? What can you say hasn't been said a hundred thousand times? Right. <laughs> Even I John know. is over it. I know it's time to go behind the curtain. I think. I think so. Let's go. But 
Yeah, you know what really makes me sick is the rules for thee and not for me. Oh, no doubt. You know, you see the politicians out and about traveling, no masks. Or uh, I didn't follow too much of Obama's birthday, but I heard there were some pictures floating around of blunts being passed. And- yeah, so Obama sets up this big birthday party. He's supposed to have like 700 people at Martha's Vineyard, right, right there on the rising sea level. Um, that, you know, he's got a squat spot set up for long term because I guess he's really concerned about it. And, uh, yeah, they, they got so much shame in the media the week leading up to it that they put out a statement saying, oh, they're going to massively scale it back. And, uh, I think they claimed to go from 700 to 500 guests or something, but a lot of the people in attendance, like DJs and different guests were posting pictures and videos on Instagram. Um, obviously few people were wearing masks, if any, which, you know, I, I work weddings right now and I can tell you there's no masking going on. Um, even right now there's a supposed indoor mask mandate in the city of Kansas city. And most people are just ignoring that. Most people are not enforcing it. The signs are up everywhere saying you have to do it, but that's, that's as far as the compliance has gone in my experience. Now, I'm also just actively not grocery shopping in the city limits, too, because I just don't I just don't want to do it anymore. I feel like in the first round, I played along with a lot of the masking stuff. I just played along like, all right, whatever. But now that they're trying to just get it going again and again, uh, at what point does it stop? At what point does it stop? So I'm no, I'm no longer interested in participating in that part of it. Uh, and it's fine if you do. I've never ever yelled at somebody to take their mask off or told them in public that they're an idiot for wearing one. I really don't no. care. I don't. I don't care. But for me, I'm not gonna wear one, and that's all. That's all. That's all. No big deal. Uh, but yeah, at Obama's party, uh, there was some definite weed by the uh, by the DJ here. Let me Ooh. see if I can find this clip. It's not really playing. So he's kind of showing a video of some uh, white cookies. White Widow and Girl Scout cookies mix. Presidential. 19% THC. What you doing? He's rolling up a blunt. This is uh, from the Instagram of uh, TJ's DJs. He's selfie smoking the blunt on the video. Never smoked at the president's crib. So the audio is pretty terrible, but he just says, I've done a lot of things before, but I never smoked at the president's crib. So he's out blazing some blunts up. And yeah, it's like you're saying, it's rules for thee and not for me. Um, the elites can run around having big parties, having gatherings, having no masking, smoking blunts, all that good stuff. And I'm not mad about them doing that because that's what, everybody's doing too you know i go to parties where nobody's masking and nobody's smoking weed but the the thing about it is if if people were actually concerned about this wildfire spread then these people who are the most in the know and have maybe arguably more to lose being elite or being rich or being politically powerful uh you'd think they would be the most cautious of all if this thing were actually what they're selling in the media that it is. And so these little hints that we're all seeing are just kind of further confirmation. Like there's a lot of boogeymen out there. They want you to be afraid, but they don't want to be afraid. 
They want you to wear a mask, but they don't want to wear a mask. They want you to get thrown in jail for weed, but they're going to go smoke weed. Um, and again, you know, there's no there's no direct tie to like this is Obama's bag of weed. It's just a DJ who happened to be at the party. But um, I saw a lot of posts on some of the conservative websites that are like, oh, there's there's dogs sniffing cars, but there's yet they're smoking weed. And I would have to venture a guess that the dogs sniffing cars were probably looking for explosives, uh, something like that. Or the coof. Maybe the coof. Remember? I don't know how to, they can, yeah. They taught dogs to smell the coof. I remember they taught them to smell the coof. <laughs> That's possible. They may be just, uh, you know. Or maybe they're putting the people who brought the good coof. good in the VIP parking section. But I gotta <laughs> imagine that those dogs were not sniffing for pot. No, no. That's just my guess. And in Massachusetts, uh, you have recreational, so. Yeah, exactly. And on Martha's Vineyard, come on. <laughs> whatever goes. That's, yeah, I mean. You, there's no such thing as laws on Martha's Vineyard. No such thing as laws. No such thing. But there are laws in Denver. Oh. And now Denver has received its first marijuana retailer applicant under the social equity program. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Woo! The first. This is a, I mean, it's been open for a while, I think. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, until 2027, I think, they're only going to allow social equity qualified applicants to try to get licenses. Wow, so like the first six years of the program? Yes, yes. That's a long time. So, this dude, his name's Daniel Morgan, owner of the business Social Cannabis, and when he was a senior in college out in Wyoming, he got caught with some weed. So, because he has that on his record, he qualifies as a social equity applicant. Must be fucking nice. Must be fucking nice. And That's just, so weird, man. Like, uh, what if there's not enough of these social equity applicants to fill the market, to fill all the licenses that are needed to actually, you know... Well, then in 2027, when they stop the nonsense uh, qualifications, everyone else can apply. we got to really wait <laughs> six years for it. I mean, that's so crazy, dude. Yeah. It's just beyond nuts. It makes no sense, and it should be, in my opinion, it should be illegal. It's very discriminatory, I think. You know? I agree. Uh, because yeah, we've, we've talked about it several the, times. Yeah, the qualifications there in Denver is you either had to reside in Colorado for 15 years between 1980 and 2010 in a census tract that was designated as a disproportionately impacted area, or you or a family member has to be convicted for a weed crime, or the household income for the applicant has to be less than 50% of the state median income. Hmm. So, and the applicant also must own at least 51% of the business. In this kid's case, he owns 100% of the business. Nice. So, well, it's a cool way to bounce back, but it also, you just, I you're don't excluding know. way too many people <laughs> I just, from the licensure process. How hard would it be to have a free market where anyone and everyone can apply for a license and there's no cap on licenses? So, as long as you meet the requirements that the state set out, like, having a bouncer at the door and security cameras and seed-to-sale tracking system, then they could qualify and get one, you know? And then some businesses will fail. Some businesses will buy the smaller ones. Wouldn't that be nice? 
It would be. I nice, just it, it seems so much less complicated too. And like the state would bring in so much more money if everyone that wanted to apply could pay the application fee and apply. I just don't understand. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they want it artificially lowered, you know, maybe they want to We've talked about this in the past, too, where they want to prop up the black market and prop up uh, a lot of the criminal enterprise that goes on. So, you know, maybe that's their intent is to lower the ability of people to get applications and to get licensed and to start these businesses on the up and up. Are there caps on liquor licenses? I don't know, but the cap can't be very low if there no, are. It, I mean, there, there are liquor stores all here. over the place. Yeah. Uh, fun fact, delivery has started in Missouri. So now, oh boy. if you are a card-carrying medical patient, you can punch your card number into an app that goes to the department that oversees it all. Uh, what is it here? It's the Senior Services Department, right? Yes, Department of Health and, uh, Health and Human Services, I believe, or maybe it's Health and Senior Services. Yeah, health and senior services here in Missouri. I know I was thinking DHSS or H I was thinking DHHS, <laughs> but I was wrong. Here in Missouri, it's the Department of Health and Senior Services. DHSS. Yes, um, and so you download their app, put in your card number, give them your credit card number, and bada bing, bada boom, good to get weed delivered to your door. But you can only have it delivered to your registered address, and no one but you can accept it. Which seems fair, I suppose. Um, they're hoping that this will allow immobilized patients to get the medicine they need. Or folks that don't have a car, maybe, and have transportation issues. Or even the folks that live outside of the metro in, uh, you know, dispensary deserts. Right. Because, let's be real, not that many dispensaries went up, and the ones that did are all in cities. <laughs> so... Or, you know, at the lake. I know there's a few at the lake, which is good for tourists with medical cards, I suppose. Yeah, I'm looking at some of these liquor licensing requirements in the state, and it doesn't mention any kind of a cap. There's a pretty simple application form. Oh, a simple application? And the fee for packaged liquor, if you want to have a liquor store that sells, you know, liquor, wine, and beer... It's a $100 fee what? to apply. And then if you just want to sell beer and you don't want to sell anything that's higher alcohol content like wine and liquor, then it's a $50 fee. It makes you sick. That's contrasted with what is it like? <laughs> I think it was like five or 10000 up front oh, yeah. that you have that to pay like with the application fee, but you also have to prove liquid assets. Right. It was like 500000 in liquid assets or some nightmarish number. Yeah, it's kind of wild the amount of money that you have to have in order to get the... The cannabis the application. side application. Yeah, just, just to, the application. Just to send it in, not even to get it, because it's a non-refundable fee that you send in. It's just a total racket. It's crazy. Yeah. And there's still lots of people in a legal limbo who didn't get licenses and feel they should and trying to take the state to court over how things were judged and scored. Good yep. luck. Good luck to you. Good luck. And good luck to all the activists out there fighting to get ballot initiatives going for 2022. I have an official roundup of everything going on. Oh, very nice. Eight different states that we have heard from. Cool. And, and are, they, um, are they all rec bills? 
Most of them. Most of them. I will go through them. Okay. So in Arkansas, you have Arkansas True Grass pushing for recreational legalization that would allow adults over 21 to purchase up to four ounces and grow 12 plants. You know, it doesn't say if that's all stages, 12 total, or 12 per stage of the plant life cycle. But anyway, they got to get 89,151 signatures by July of 2022. I think they can do it. And then Idaho, Citizens Coalition for Cannabis, they are collecting signatures for a depenalization ballot, which would allow adults to possess up to three ounces on private property, but wouldn't establish a marketplace to buy. That's interesting. Very interesting. There's also Kind Idaho uh, collecting signatures to get medical on the ballot. Gotcha. And that would allow home grow of six plants. Again, not specified if that's total or per stage. Now, we still have yet to see any state go from to skip the medical step and go full legal, right? It always seems like the medical comes first. Yeah. Medical does always come first, doesn't it? Unless Colorado didn't just go to rec, did they? Nope. No. Yeah, it's always medical first. I kind of feel like it doesn't have to be that way, and that's just kind of the way that the established order always has taken it. Yeah. And then the long, you know, the more states that do that, the more people can point to the evidence of like, you know, it's never happened, you know. Yeah. Show me uh, state should have done it. I feel like we could have done it. I mean, the oh, thing yeah. is, the voters are ready for it. The voters will approve that kind of stuff. It polls really great. Weed polls better than just about any political party or politician. Uh, the problem is that you have all of the establishment to get through just to get something on the ballot. And then if you gather enough signatures, which is very expensive to do if you're going to do it correctly in a state, you have to pay gatherers. That's another thing that hasn't happened in this state or most others is nothing makes the ballot without paying people to gather the signatures. You got to just compensate people to take the time off of work and be out there in the streets gathering those signatures or else it doesn't work. You can't get enough. Um, so, you know, there's the cost that prohibits you. There's the establishment that's going to sue and block. There's a lot of Supreme Courts, as we've seen, that'll say, oh, you know what? Uh, we say that your ballot initiative addresses too many issues. You can only address one issue. Like Nebraska, who threw it out. Mm-hmm. They just wanted to do medical pot, and they said, no, 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 since you're talking about growing the pot and selling the pot, then that's different issues, and so you can't have it on the same ballot issue. What? Silly. And we will get to them in a minute. But here in the Show Me State, we have Fair Access Missouri, who submitted seven different initiative petitions to the Secretary of State and had four of them approved. Um, They... I haven't read them all yet, to be candid, because it's a lot of reading. <laughs> but the similarities I saw between them is that um, adults can possess 8 ounces in flour, 28 grams of concentrate, and infused products can go up to 4,000 milligrams of THC. Um, the home grow was interesting. It says you can cultivate within a 25-square-foot flowering canopy so it's not they're not putting a number on plants they're saying you have this anything in that in that square footage square footage and of course it has to be 
locked away from anyone under 21. Anyone under 21 cannot access it. Um, but their website really pushes the whole, let's regulate this like alcohol. And that's where they lose me. I know that... Uh, who really pushed that? Was that like Washington State? Uh, Colorado's Colorado, campaign was huge right. on that. Mason Tavert specifically uh, was the guy behind the idea. It's a sexy selling point. I get why you would want to do that. It sells well to voters and politicians and business interests. But I'm with you. Like, uh, it's not quite as it's... dangerous as alcohol. <laughs> it's not. Uh, you don't need the ATF involved, you know. Right, like regulate it like coffee or regulate it like tomatoes. <laughs> it would be nice to just have a commodity regulation on it for sure, but but alas. Yeah, I just don't politics. see that I don't see that happening in a realistic world. Now, I was intrigued to find New Approach Missouri has not filed anything yet, but they have been getting a lot of press coverage, of course, because they passed our medical program in 2018. And uh, they've been talking about their plans for recreational. Yeah. Uh, up front, they want a 15% tax. Um, and they want to expand expungement across the state. Because I guess when they passed medical, their expungement fee uh, section wasn't everyone. Didn't cover everyone. Hmm. So, interesting. Now, over to Nebraska. Nebraskans for medical marijuana are planning two separate complementary initiatives uh-huh. to avoid the single-subject rule that derailed their 2020 effort. Makes sense. Makes sense, but now I'm just wondering if one of those is going to be more than one subject, and it's like, you got to have ten. Yeah. From, well, that's, like, an, that's a reason you've got to submit your thing early, but the problem there is, like in Nebraska's case, the Secretary of State passed it and gave him the green light to collect on it, and it went onto the ballot, and the voters did vote. And it wasn't until after all of that nonsense that the Supreme Court struck it down, right? I think that was South Dakota. I think the Secretary of State shut it down before they got on the ballot. That's a. I could be wrong. It's it's always a good idea to to apply early. Yes. Unless unless you don't have to worry about it, like uh, I was going to say with new approach here in Missouri. Um, oh yeah, they're when... probably just waiting, you know, and buying their time and fundraising and seeing who's going to be backing it. Um, but they can kind of deploy, they have the resources to deploy a campaign and, and sit and wait for a while. Uh, whereas the more grassroots, uh, organizations don't have that luxury. Yeah. You've got to be going as soon as the day starts to gather signatures. You've got to be hitting the ground running. Exactly. Now in Ohio, there's the coalition to regulate marijuana like alcohol. Um, and this was interesting. If they can gather... Almost 133,000 signatures, they can push lawmakers to enact adult use. If the lawmakers fail to act, however, they'll have to gather an additional 132,887 signatures to get it on the ballot for the voters. Gotcha. So that's that was interesting to me. Like halfway and then the lawmakers can vote on it, basically. Now you wonder how much sticking power that would have, too, because there's different signature requirements Say in Missouri, if you want to go for a statutory change on the ballot, it's a lower threshold than if you want to go for a constitutional amendment that gets written into the Constitution. You have to have more signatures for that. But the benefit of having a constitutional amendment is then you can't have the legislatures just go right into session and fuck it all up 
right when uh, the next legislative session starts. In a statutory amendment, you can. The, the legislatures can come in. They can change the language. They can put a bunch of limits. They can gut it all together. Uh, there was a puppy mill bill that passed. Uh, well, it was about a, at least a decade ago now. But that was kind of one of the famous examples of a citizen ballot initiative that went for a, a statutory change, and then the very next legislative session, it was just rolled back by the legislators. Um, that's why you always want to go for the strongest law change, and if you can get a constitutional amendment through, that's the way to go, because if they want to change that, then they have to put it before the voters. They can go to session and gut it, or change the language, or put restrictions on it, but in order to have the constitutional change go into effect, it has to be put in front of the voters on a ballot. And, you know, voters aren't going to approve... The voters are going to legalize weed, and they're not going to approve for going backwards on that. It's just incredibly popular. Weed is weed is popular at the polls. Believe it or not. Well, the Coalition to Regulate Marijuana Like Alcohol in Ohio... Of course, they want to limit adults to two and a half ounces for possession in six plants home grow. But here's what I got to say. The phrase uh, regulate like alcohol, it is sexy. I've heard it a lot. But when it comes to alcohol, there's no purchase limits. Right. You know, that's correct. uh, Yeah, you got to show your ID and prove your age. But yeah, there's no, that's just crazy. There's no potency limit. You can get Everclear. You can get yeah. pure alcohol. Yeah. Um, you can get other things. Uh, yeah, I agree. If if they're going to actually regulate it like alcohol, that would be a looser regulation than most of the recreational states that we see right now. Yeah, who touted regulate like alcohol. I mean, you're not required to have an armed guard at every liquor store either. You know. No. Some do. Some do. In in certain areas, you might want or need that. But it's up to the individual businesses. Exactly. Which it should be. In Oklahoma, there's the Oklahomans for Responsible Cannabis Action. Um, they have a recreational bill that allows 12-plant home grow they're pushing for. But they also have a medical bill that would amend the state's current medical program by transforming the Oklahoma Medical Marijuana Authority into the Oklahoma Cannabis Commission which would then be responsible for regulating all legal products in the state should recreational pass. Um, And their bill would support funding research programs, mental health services, and law enforcement training, which, boy, oh, boy, law enforcement sure does need training, but they need to use the money they already get to do that. Um, I will never forget lobbying in our state capitol, and it was for, there was a hemp bill, trying to be passed and this highway patrolman was just like well i can't tell the difference between a hemp plant and a marijuana plant and i can't tell it's just like oh boy you know, just legalize it all and then you won't need exactly to tell. then you won't it's need just to a plant dude be all right don't worry about it in south dakota there are the south dakotans for better marijuana laws um they, they were the proponents behind 2020's amendment a which of course as you've already stated was overturned by the state court and they are waiting for the state's supreme court to either uphold or nullify uh that decision and they have already submitted four separate recreational initiatives 
too constitutional and too statutory. But if the Supreme Court says to hell with the lower court decision, they won't have to pursue them because, you know, the voters already approved recreational and medical. Yep. So um, that limits possession of four ounces and three plants for home grow. So my last activist group update I have for today is in Wyoming, where activists from a bunch of different groups, Normal, the Libertarian Party, et cetera, et cetera, have gathered together for a decriminalization proposal up to four ounces with a $50 first-time offense and $75 fine. I forgot the word fine because we're behind the curtain and my (laughs) words get lost. And then subsequently, if you get uh, caught again with weed, it's $75 forevermore and if you are caught growing it's a two hundred dollar fine flat fees baby flat fees i guess uh, that's what we uh, call the bull a step in the right direction it's a step in the right direction after all after all it's a step in the right direction it's a step in the right direction after all um they are also pushing a medical ballot initiative Four ounces, possession, 20 grams of weed-derived products. That's all you can purchase within 30 days. And eight mature plants if you're planning a home grow. So does that mean 24 plants total? I don't know. Forget about the immature plants. We're just talking about mature plants. No fart jokes for those weed plants. Uh, In Oklahoma... Two attorneys have sued the state's medical regulators, claiming that they didn't adhere to public meeting laws when they adopted some new emergency rules that impact businesses. And these rules took effect June 28th. They made changes to inventory tracking, inspections, licensing, and redefined marijuana as specifically not including any plant or material containing Delta 8. THC. Ugh. So. Isn't that all of the plants, though? No, it's pretty much only found in hemp. I see, I see. And then, you know, you suck it out of it with the science. (laughs) (laughs) Science extracts it, and then you eat it, and you freak out. It's great. It's great. You should try it. (laughs) You should try it. It's it's Weed's little brother. Remember when our news station said that? Yeah, definitely. Ridiculous. Um, but yeah, they're saying they didn't adhere to the public meeting laws, which of course you have to announce you're going to have a meeting 24 hours before you hold the meeting and allow the public to join you. Uh, so it did seem like the state was pushing back saying that they announced it 48 hours ahead of time and we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Uh, the emergency rules of course are just temporary because they are emergency rules, but Still a pain in the ass. Yeah, if you no have to doubt. change your inventory tracking and such. Oh, the whole seed to sale tracking too is just an unnecessary burden. That's true. So the fiscal year twenty twenty two commerce, justice, science, and related agencies appropriations package wasn't discussed before Congress took its August recess, which means that the Blumenauer McClintock Norton Lee amendment we discussed last episode was not taken up by the House. Yeah, I knew they were short on time. Yeah, but since 2014, Congress has passed this spending bill with a provision that protects 
state-sanctioned use and sale of medical weed from federal federal prosecution by the Department of Justice. Um, and the existing language states that federal funds can't be used to prevent states from implementing their own state laws that authorize the use, distribution, possession, or cultivation of medical marijuana. This amendment would remove the word medical to protect more states who have recreational markets. So, you know, we'll see after recess. I I think it's a no-brainer. I think it should pass, but who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Long you, amendment name, too. You, you never know until you find out. Never know until you find out. But the Senate Appropriations Committee did advance an equal access amendment for veterans. All right. Since, you know, any doctors at the VA can't even talk about medical marijuana, yeah, let alone a, fill out the paperwork to get it. That's a big uh, big gap in the in the patient need and patient access column is veterans. Yeah, makes you sick. Then they have to go find a private out-of-network physician to, know, it's just to fill out a piece of paper. It's crazy. The, the veterans should have easier access, not more difficult access. I mean... In a perfect world, everyone has the same access, but... In a perfect world. You know, a lot of veterans, they just need the weed for this or that. Seriously. A lot of people need the weed. And there was another lawsuit that popped up in Illinois over the social equity licensing going on. This time it's from High Haven Dispensary, which claims state regulators deprived it of social equity points based on the background of its two owners, one of which lives in a designated disadvantaged area, and the other who was arrested in 2008 for possession of drug paraphernalia. Whoever scores the application gave them zero points for social equity, which in Illinois means you're not getting a license. So this comes, of course, after three applicants sued them in federal court for being wrongfully excluded from the round, which... We also discussed last episode, but Illinois is scheduled to hand out 130 licenses this month if these lawsuits don't stop the process. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. A uh, faithful Nebraskan listener corrects me on the uh, text line. The Nebraska issue never did get on the ballot. It was yanked just prior to getting on the ballot. That? Oh, just so they got all the signatures in and everything, and then they... Yeah, right, be- right, right. right before it went on the ballot, they killed it. Yeah, I know South Dakota's one where everyone voted on it, and then the lower court was like, nope. <laughs> Fletcher was yanked just prior as well, <laughs> according to the bull. <laughs> this oh, is, you gotta love it. This is an interesting thing. In New Jersey, uh, if you go to the Cannabis Regulatory Commission's FAQs in what passed in their recreational bill, there's a section where it says, and I'm reading verbatim here, cannabis refers to the regulated form of the plant, what will be grown, bought, and sold in licensed stores, whereas marijuana refers to the unregulated unregulated form of the plant, what is grown, bought, and sold in the underground market. You ever heard that one before? I sure haven't. <laughs> That's news to me, man. <laughs> yeah, so now they're defining these words that refer to the same plant giving them their own definitions just in the state of New Jersey. Good job. Gotta love it, man. It's that kind of stuff. It's like, no, this is unnecessary language. Imagine if you're, you know, talking to someone and you're just like, hey, you want to smoke 
Oh, I don't know if I've ever been like, hey, you want to smoke some marijuana? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so saying it that way, maybe not. Yeah. But Is but you still. the police? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm always like, yeah, here's a bowl. Enjoy. It's just weed, <laughs> It's man. just weed, yeah. We call it weed. But still, <laughs> you, you're doing a, you know, you're some politician or uh, bored person. You're on the news and you accidentally say marijuana. Whoops, you might be investigated as part of the black market or something. It's crazy giving these meanings to these words, I think. Uh, and I also thought it was interesting that as the August 21st deadline approaches for New Jersey towns to opt out of having dispensaries in them, it appears that half of the towns have already chosen that option. Wow. So the voters voted, yeah, let's have recreational. And then the towns are like, no, we don't want it. <laughs> Not in our town. Now, I'm assuming that these town bans were just city council passed rather than the whole city voting on oh, it. Oh, I believe so. That would make more sense. Absolutely, yeah. I think the people would love to have a nearby dispensary to go to. You'd think so. Not that New Jersey's that big, you know, but yeah. still. Still. It's a lot of uh, in tax revenue coming into your town, you know. Fix those roads, right? <laughs> yeah. You'd think so. Uh, the Eastern Band of Cherokee Indians in Western North Carolina became the latest tribe to approve growing, selling, and using medical weed on its land. Nice. So medical is not legal in North Carolina, um, but go hang out with the Cherokees. On the reservation, you On the it. reservation, you might be able to get it. They didn't uh, share any implementation plans, though, or any structure of how it's going to work. So, yeah, we'll see. I want my weed! Yeah, me too. Uh, my final weed story this week I saw that gave me a chuckle is some listeners, people who listen to Mike Tyson's podcast, Hot Boxing, yeah. were complaining that the baddest man on the planet was too stoned during his <laughs> latest episode. Oh, no. Yeah, he had a uh, Habib Nurmagomedov. Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he had him on, Habib. Oh, uh, yeah. First Muslim to win a UFC title. Um, and honestly, people, it's Mike Tyson. Like, yeah. he owns a 40-acre weed ranch in California. He grows and really good weed. he has the Tyson Cultivation School. The man's allowed to get stoned. He's yeah. also been punched in the head a bunch, you know? Jeez, let him smoke his weed. And I laughed. And uh, when I first showed you the story, I said... Oh, he he suffers from DeLorean syndrome, which oh, yeah. is you just get so high, you get real introspective. You know, it's not like you don't realize it, or you kind of don't realize you're not participating in the conversation, or you're just sitting back, taking it all in and appreciating it. You know, there's no words coming to your brain. You're just a blank, open slate, feeling the love and feeling good. Yeah, which I suppose on podcasts isn't a great place to be. But Mike Tyson's hotboxing <laughs> has a video component, and I just loved seeing him sitting there with his yeah. squinty eyes nodding the whole time. Oh, it geez. made me feel good. When they got when they did the podcast with Roseanne on, man, they, they were blazed out of their minds. Oh, no joke. Roseanne was not staying on topic at all. No. <laughs> she just kept wanting to talk about the hogs yeah. attacking like, her. Roseanne, 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 <laughs> uh, Roseanne. Trying to ask her a question, and she just keep on going, going, going. Oh, man. No, that is a fun show to watch, though. Yeah, yeah man. I mean, you watch it. It's literally called a hot boxing, dog. Come on. 
Exactly. Exactly. The baddest man on the planet. Iron Mike. Now enlightened Mike. I did pull one clip from it. Oh, from did the episode you? of Yeah. I don't have any uh emails from you. Oh, really? Oh, well. Uh, I'll play it another day. It wasn't But you could play it on early. your machine cuz Oh, I could. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's play it on my machine. Cuz I've got you on the board here. You've reconciled with everybody, Mike. Yeah, well, with everybody from Lennox Lewis. No, because no way. I'm not going to let that stuff kill me. Yeah. Having a grudge and not liking somebody. That takes a lot of energy. I have the energy. I have uh, my kids, grandparents, and wife, cousins. I have too much people that I love to waste their energy on. I'm not going to waste on no fucking scumbag. Yeah. That's just not what I'm going to do. A couple of years, they would have got me on that. I'd be in jail and shit. <laughs> not today. Yeah. Not today. Not, Enlightened Mike. Not today. Not today. I, yeah, you can't get too wrapped up in the, what the haters are going to think. <laughs> yeah, Habib was talking about his beef with McGregor. Oh, sure. Which well, is like, Jesus. oh, join the club, right? Yeah. <laughs> if that guy just knows your name, then he thinks you're a piece of shit. And so, yeah, Mike Tyson was just like, ah, fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was like the longest he spoke in the episode, and I thought it was worth it, you know? <laughs> fuck enlightened mike enlightened mike Maybe dude he, he's a different guy these days he for says sure. few words but his words speak volumes yeah man they're worth it they're, they're worth, worth it. it and hopefully for the bowlers out there who gave us a call or sent us a text message getting kicked out of class was worth it Hope the so. first time it happened well um before we get into the voicemails uh we do have oh i did it again a chunk from a listener actually an executive producer tonight who surely got kicked out of class several times, but it's another metal moment. Can you believe it's already Woo! the seventh metal moment, by the way? Ooh, lucky seven. It's like kind of crazy. Kind of crazy. Um, and this week, I didn't see how the poll ended, so I'm not 100% sure where <laughs> I we're think, going. I think we're going to the 33 metal winners. Are we? Here we go. In the bowl and in the morning, y'all, this here is the Reverend Cybertrucker with this week's metal moment. In 2016, Karan Katayar and Jayant Badula formed the band Bloodywood in New Delhi. Originally doing mostly parody songs, they gradually moved on to writing their own. This one in particular, Rang de Basante, is one of the best examples of what this Indian band can do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. Damn, that was awesome. They got some wild percussion in there. They got some like uh, 
those ceramic drums that are in a lot of the Indian music. Hell yeah. Thanks for the metal moment there. Yes, thank you, Reverend Cyber Trucker. Taking us to India this week. Who knows where we'll go next week? Uh, you can follow him on Node in the social at Rev Cyber Trucker. Rev Cyber Trucker. And uh, surely he'll have another poll up uh, imminently to choose where in the world we're going next with the metal moment. But yeah, wow, it's it's already the seventh one. Wow. I, I kind of, I, I didn't realize it was up that high already. And of course, we'll have that band and the song linked in the show notes. That's right. Yeah, we'll get the link on it. We'll have the link on it in the show notes. Absolutely. But now it's time to hear from you, the bowlers, on uh, what you're thinking, what you're feeling, and possibly also about the first time you were ever kicked out of class. Uh, Queuing up the first guy right meow. Hey, Spencer, Lorian. Hello. Uh, This is Hermes. It's my first time calling in. I've been listening to you guys for a couple months now. Welcome, Uh, Hermes. Thanks for calling. Love what you're doing. Thank you. Um, The show is unlike anything I've ever heard online. Um, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts and this one is, uh, honestly, this one's special. Well, so, thank you. Um, yeah. Keep up, keep up the good work. Um, not that you need me to tell you that. Um, and you can air this or not, you know, uh, it's, you know, I'm just calling because, uh, it, it's, it's such a crappy thing, but, um, you know, this whole COVID vaccines thing, I get where you guys are coming from. Um, you know, like, if we're just going to talk, like, teams, I'm probably on the other one. Okay. Um, you know, and I think uh, I think that's just, I don't know, it's probably, like, a result of where we grew up and who we're surrounded by. This is a uh, result of that. Like, one amazing thing about listening to your show is just that I don't think we come from the same backgrounds or social circles yeah, and uh mentioned that earlier yeah i don't know it's awesome to kind of get to know people who are completely outside my bubble and like really like and respect you guys um well, thank you and so yeah i just want to let you know um you know you got listeners on the other side of this for what it's worth sure um, i'm not telling you guys to do go get vaccinated or whatever i understand where you're coming from like i said but uh you know i've got family um who have worked uh, who, who are working in hospitals and things over the last year. And um, they've seen some serious, serious shit. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, I think getting vaccinated and wearing masks for me is just a way to try and help them out because um, they've seen some crazy stuff. So, like, uh, they've been working their butts off trying to save people's lives. And, you know, I just want to mention that, that, like, I think it's important to, Keep in mind, you know, doctors, nurses out there who are who are working hard to keep people healthy. So, anyway, love the show. In the bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl, Hermes. Yeah, thank you for calling in. Um, it's not easy to come in and and know that you're on the different side. And I don't really even like sides. I really don't because I don't really see myself as identifying with sides, and that's a dangerous place that we're at right now in the country after the last year and a half we are at this really shitty place we're at this really shitty place where we're on teams and sides and we're talking this way um you know i think that just like our caller here demonstrated and just like we've kind of been talking about all night there's a way to disagree or 
even just take different paths and still be okay and still be together and still just live life respectfully. You know, um, a lot of people are going to have, like you said, different inputs, different growing ups, different social scenes, uh, different parts of the country, different politics. But right now where we're at seems to be a lot of this two team theme where you're either vaccinated and trying to force everybody else to get vaccinated or you're unvaccinated and you're just laughing at everybody who got vaccinated and, uh, are just like predicting their imminent death. Like everybody's predicting the other side's imminent death, you know, and everybody thinks it's hilarious. Everybody seems to be at least the most vocal among the vaxxed people seem to be like, Oh, these unvaccinated people, they're going to wind up dead. And won't that be funny? Won't that show them? And meanwhile, the unvaccinated people are like, Oh, all these idiots, they got the shots. They're going to wind up dead. And won't that be funny? Won't that show them? And you know, that's just shitty behavior on either, on either side. If you're rooting for people to die to prove that you're right about some fucking thing that nobody knows about. So let's be clear. Nobody knows about this shit. Nobody. Not the experts. Not the uh, internet trolls. Not the doctors. We know a little bit of stuff. We know data. We know anecdotes. I remember very early on in the uh, COVID scare when uh, on No Agenda Social... A lot of people in New York were getting really upset with Adam and John's presentation of, uh, you know, a lot of shoulder shrugging and a lot of, well, you know, they're saying it's the end of the world, but it's like not that bad. And in New York, you had a lot of the theater right in front of you and you had, you know, uh, COVID patients sent to nursing homes and you had all this death and you had the uh, temporary hospital showing up in the harbor on the big ship, which, uh, incidentally wasn't really used. Uh, maybe should have been, maybe could have been used rather than nursing homes to treat COVID patients. Uh, but at the time I had kind of said, cause a lot of people in New York were like, nah, you don't understand. I've seen, you know, I've seen it. Like people here are freaking out. And it's, and it was almost like, uh, somebody who had been like, to the David Blaine show and they're like, no, you don't understand. Like I was front row at David Blaine and he made this shit happen. Like if you're, if you have a front row seat to that theater, uh, and you're the target and you're the first one, then yeah, it's going to probably shake you a little bit more. And you're going to be like, no, this is definitely scary. But you know, now that we're a year and a half into it, it's kind of, it's still debatable. It's still kind of, it's still kind of, uh, unclear as to how many deaths there are as to what they were from uh and as you know where did the flu deaths go for instance is always the nagging question where did they go well they were just recategorized uh a lot of the arguments about death from covid versus death um with covid people who died of other things but happened to also have covid so you know we're just living a time where it's hard to really trust anything and anyone um but that said here on this show, we support freedom and people to make their own decisions and, and choose what they're going to choose. You know, like all adults should be able to chart the paths of their own lives. And so for some people, that includes the masks. And for some people, that includes the vaccines. And for others, it does not include either. And there's all kinds of in between. My family, uh, a lot of people have gotten vaccinated and there's a lot that haven't still. Uh, and there's a lot that won't at all. And personally, me and Lorian aren't going to at all. And that's just the thing that we've come to that uh you know but we're not we're not out there on some kind of a 
convincing. It's sort of like what we talked about with the lightning node, you know, starting the lightning node. I recommend that you do start a lightning node, but I don't want to get into the business of changing your mind or sending you articles as to why you should or arguing with you if you don't want to. Right. We just explain why we would do what we do. <laughs> I saw a post last week by Micro. A lot of guys uh, follow the, the dirty jobs guy, Micro. Um, and he was answering some kind of a fan mail. Somebody had asked him, hey, Delta is raging and... I read about you getting the vaccine a few months back. Why aren't you encouraging everybody to get the vaccine now? And he kind of just posted a long rant about, yeah, I did get the vaccine and I was in some PSAs early on. Uh, he says, true, I did appear in a few PSAs early on back when they assured us locking down was essential to keep our hospitals from being overrun. Two weeks to flatten the curve. Remember that one? That, of course, turned out to be untrue, and I regret my role in helping perpetuate that particular falsehood. I also regret what I said during the first Zoom show to air on primetime. It was an episode of After the Catch where I discussed lockdowns with a few crab boat captains, and at one point I looked into the camera lens on my computer and said with uncharacteristic earnestness, for the first time in a long time, it appears we're all in the same boat. Well, I was wrong about that, too. We're not in the same boat. Not then, not now. We're in the same storm, but our boats are very different. Some prospered during the lockdowns and rode out in the rode out the gale in yachts and pleasure crafts. Others floundered and weathered the storm in rowboats and dinghies. And some had no boat at all and hung on for dear life to whatever floats them and jets them they could find. Uh, so basically, he was in a lot of PSAs at the very beginning and, you know, was on team cheerleader. And, you know, he's looked at... You know, after that year and a half looking back of perspective, you know, remember back of the two weeks to flatten the curve? Remember it immediately turned into like 30 days to slow the spread and it's still going on and it's it's changed uh, presidential administrations. It's changed um, through over over a calendar year. It's changed even though the vaccines are rolling out and now we're looking at another ramping up lockdown. And so really has to come down to people just trusting everybody and uh it you know everybody's gonna have to figure this out and that's the saddest part of it all to me is just the division that it's caused i agree because this is america you're free to do whatever you want to do and i'm gonna respect you to make the right decision for yourself i think everyone knows what's best for their body for their family for their circumstances and to see us the people divided over a topic like this, a medical choice, is just sickening. No doubt. You know? This is America, you dumb son of a bitch, okay? Yeah. That's no. right. But thank you for the call. Sorry to go on like an extended rant about it, but uh, I think it's important. And also I think it's pretty brave, you know, to call in and express a different opinion or not go along with the grain. Um, but we value everybody's opinion. And, yeah. Uh, thanks for listening, and, and I think it's pretty cool. Me too. Uh, how you called in like that. Uh, this next caller. I don't remember the first time I got kicked out of class. I got kicked out of class all the time. Um, it's the problem with having, um, Asperger's, ADD, whatever the hell you want to call Bad it. Bad boy alert. Um, or probably some combination of both. Um, that, yeah, I got kicked out of class all the time, um, from very early on in my, uh, in, in my academic career. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it probably happened at least once a year and at least through high school. Um, I will say that, um, I've been sent to the principal's office on a few occasions. Um, in the early days of my uh, academic career, I went to a Christian school, and they believed in spanking, and that's exactly what they did. So, 
yeah, um, doesn't, yeah, didn't leave any real scars there, of course, but, uh, you know, at least not any physical ones. But, uh, yeah, you know, needless to say, I'm still not fond of uh, organized religion. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, there's definitely uh, things I don't like about that now. But, uh, yeah, it's, um, you know, back in the day, they didn't, you know, of course, they didn't know what uh, Asperger's and, you know, and ADD were. It was just called, uh, you know, uh, sit down, you're disrupting the class disease, right? So, um, yeah, now we know that. And, of course, they, uh, you know, they try and, uh, I don't know, accommodate for that in, in courses or whatever. And as an adult, you can kind of work. I don't know, eventually you figure out how to, um, I don't know, not be disruptive. But um, internally, you, you can certainly be very disrupted by all of this. But, uh, yeah, I... Uh, yeah, this, and this is, uh, but yeah, I, I can't remember the very first time because it happened all the time. And yeah, I think I also, in terms of punishments I've had, you know, obviously standing out in the hallway. One time I think I walked out in the hallway because I thought I got kicked out of the class and I didn't. Um, in fact, I think I remember having a teacher coming out to me and saying, uh, why are you standing outside? I said, well, I thought I got kicked out of class. <laughs> yeah, I think that was sixth grade. And yes, I, that should tell you something about how often I was kicked out of class that I thought that I did something that got me kicked out of class. And so I went, so I went and stood in the hallway, you know, like I was supposed to. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So I, used to uh, it. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> that's just, uh, that's just, uh. Yeah. Well, you know, that's just like, uh, your opinion, man. Shut up, slave. And you're dumb. That guy's fucking right. <laughs> yes. Wow, bad boy, phone boy, getting kicked out all the time like it ain't no thing. Just used to it. Get your ass out in the hall. <laughs> Sometimes it's just the teacher just doesn't want to deal with you, you know. They're just like, no, no, I can still hear you. You're jumping up and down. Don't want it. Don't want it. The baby has a lot to say. I know. He's about to get kicked out of the classroom. He's about to get kicked out of the bowl. <laughs> just him, kidding. Get him out of here. <laughs> Chuck him out of here. I would never chuck him out of here. Nor would I chuck this next caller out of here. Lorian! Spencer! Hey. Oh, hey, guys. Hey, hi. Uh, Lorian, you're looking so beautiful today. Ooh. Oh, thank Spencer. you. I like what you did with your hair. Oh, thank you. It just kind of does this. How are you guys doing? Oh, we're doing great. <laughs> oh, that's nice. How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm doing all right. Oh, good. It's raining. Aww. But, you know. It happens. So the first time I ever got kicked out of school, yeah. or no, class, not school. school. Oh, my goodness. School class. <laughs> All uh, the way out. Well, the first time I got kicked out of class was the first time I had to go to school. Oh, damn. And that was in junior kindergarten. Junior kindergarten. Now, Whoa. what could a kid do to get kicked out of, of junior kindergarten? Well... I was talking to a boy. Oh, no. <laughs> and I would not shut up. <laughs> I was just talking, and this is my mom telling me this. Oh, my God. I was probably trying to make him laugh and everything. Uh, so just, you know, budding podcaster stuff. And then fast forward <laughs> to now, we're doing Hog Story. Yeah. Woo. Well, hope you guys are doing great. Yes. And have a great rest of the show. Love you. Bye. Love you. Love you. Thanks for calling in. Yes. Carolyn Blaney of Hog Story. That is a very powerful story. Very big story. Front page story. Uh, and you can check that out at hogstory.com or hogstory.net. Hog Story. You're going to want to do it. 
Yeah, they had a they had a stream earlier today, like right before we were on. Because I don't know some kind of issue last night, they had to bump to tonight. But usually that's Mondays and Thursdays, uh, and part of our little no agenda community here. Gotta love the hogaroos, hogaroos. You love them. We love them. We do love them indeed. Love this next color too. I was homeschooled. Yeah, that's 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 the that's the whole message. Thank you, Chris. He was homeschooled. Can't tell me that you were homeschooled and you were never kicked out of the classroom. I mean, yeah. Oh, my classroom's my kitchen table. Well, yeah. I have my doubts that you weren't kicked out of somewhere and into somewhere else. <laughs> Go to your room, Chris. I could see it happening. You're a wild man. Ah, oh, Fletcher says his internet went down last night. He is. Ooh. He's uh, phone boy's handlers. Keep chasing around. Between them and Big Hot Dog, it's like it's impossible to keep the interwebs up. You got to sneak around, change your schedules. Uh, got to be like uh, that Winchester lady and build trap doors in different rooms to oh, yeah. trick all the people trying to knock your internet out. It is just exhausting, man. Once you make enemies with Big Hot Dog, you're just on the run for the rest of your podcasting career. It's just kind of kind of how it works. Uh, well, let's hear how it works. Let's hear how it works from the man himself. Oh, bowlers! What's up, Mister Fletchy? Stick. <laughs> Stick. First time I ever <laughs> got kicked out of class. Yeah. First time I ever remember. Anyway. Yeah. I was. Um, this was fourth grade, and uh, Miss Seaball was her name. Miss Eball. She didn't appreciate me because I was cut up in class. I was always trying to get a laugh. Yeah. You know, you know how I am. Anyway, yeah. um, you gotta get them laughs, man. How I am? I uh, even it's before the... I was taking clips and putting them on soundboards and playing them over people when they were talking on podcast. I um, I was always <laughs> quoting movie lines and stuff like that. And in fourth grade, those movie lines often consisted of uh, kids' movies and such. Sure. And uh, the teacher had said something. Um, that involved the word punctual, and that triggered my brain into thinking of the the line from the Disney movie Aladdin, where um, Aladdin was trying to think of compliments to give Jasmine, and he was like, "You're so beautiful and whatever, and so punctual." <laughs> and I just said that, and you're so punctual. And Miss Seaball had had enough. She was like, "All right, John, uh, you need to go to the principal's office and tell her that you're just." Cutting up in class. <laughs> I was like, but it was a movie line. I didn't mean it. And then, no, 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 no. Go, go see the principal. Aww. And that was the first of many times I got kicked out of class. Nice. Cutting up. Cutting up. I did man. it all the time. Yeah. Just fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but not you guys. Well, <laughs> not like that anyway. Hey, you know, hey. How you doing, Spencer? Hey. hey. <laughs> What's up? Again, what am I saying? <laughs> John, thank you. Great job. That a baby, John. He's the man. He's Fletcher. The other half of uh, Hog Story that we talked about earlier. Chris, your voicemail was so short. I didn't mention Abs in a Six Pack. It's the show he hosts. They're going to have a big 100th episode. 100th episode tomorrow from noon to midnight Eastern Time. So be sure to tune into that. It'll be crazy, I'm sure. 
Speaking of crazy. Hey, when's the first time you ever got cut, <laughs> kicked out of class? Oh, I was such a stick. I never got kicked out of class. Not ever one time? <laughs> no. So I'll just tell you about the first time I got tro- in trouble in okay. class. Our teachers were quite tolerant, I would say. Yeah. It took a lot to get uh, kicked out of the massive two shits public school classes, <clears> I think. <laughs> Pretty much drinking vodka in class is the point it would come to before it's like, all right, go to the principal. Because, you know, getting kicked out of class is kind of a reward in a lot of ways. Sure. Class yeah. sucks. Yeah. So I was in, oh, I think it was sixth grade. It was sixth or seventh grade. And... I had just gone to Anime Boston for the first time. It was my first anime convention. And I brought my DSLR and took a bunch of pictures. And I printed them out. And I filled up a photo album with them. And I took them to school. And I was showing everyone all the cool costumes I came across. Because I just wore a little Lolita dress when I went the first time. And looked for all the J-Rock cosplayers. And then would just like take pictures, ask people for pictures in their really cool costumes and ask them what anime or video game or band they were from and uh, look them up later, you know? Yep. And I was passing my photo album around. And, you know, some of the cosplays are quite erotic. Sure. So the it, it ended up going to the back of the class and I lost control of it because the football players got a hold of it and we're just like, oh, my God. God, no. look at that babe. Look at this ball. Just getting too loud and rowdy with it. And then my teacher was like, what are you guys going on about? And went back there and saw it. And I'm in every single picture. Of course. Because I just like took these pictures with these people. And so she's just like, Lauren, keep your photo album under control. You need to put it away. But then my friend sitting next to me was like, hey, I didn't get to look at it yet. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was oh like, dude, you really... her favorite anime was like Yu Yu Hakusho. And I was like, dude, check this out. I'm showing her some characters and stuff. And then my teacher was like, Warian. And I was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so excited about this anime convention stuff. All right. And that was it. Wow. It was pretty, uh... yeah, I didn't get kicked out. I probably should have, but Re- I didn't. Repeat offender. I just kept just flashing the photos of people. You just don't listen. I just don't listen. It's before there were cosplay only fans all over the place or well, what's that final fuck the final fantasy porn site <laughs> <laughs> listen you motherfuckers i know it was very important business it was way more important than whatever we were talking about in english class that's for I, sure i would agree with that you know what's a noun what's an adjective lady we've been doing this for years we got it all right this next caller is also more important than uh, your english class <laughs> oh <laughs> Mm-hmm. In the bowl. Oh, yo, yo. Oh, we, Oh. In the bowl. In the bowl. Oh, we, In <laughs> the bowl. <laughs> Welcome oh, can back. Oh, you I've been talking? <laughs> <laughs> no way. I'm superb and smoky token tuesday yeah. it is token tuesday happy, i want my weed happy joy happy happy token so, tuesday it's not a magnificent story but this is a great ftie gotta give you credit like i really had to think about it and cannot wait to hear the stories on I, this one i think it's uh fletcher's God, idea on this one be good Everybody here is more rebellious and courageous than I. <laughs> Except Lorian. Except me, yeah. I could tell you that when I finally did get the courage to mouth off to this 
mega dick. Piece of shit. Penny loafer wearing. <laughs> Fraud. Uh, piece of shit that ah. loved to talk down to us students. <clears throat> God, he, he, he just reveled. He reveled in it. It's really pompous and preachy. Ugh. And one time I finally got the courage to sass him back. That's right. I was sassy. Oh, little back sass. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I was such a wimp. I really was. I was such an obedient little... I was a good girl. A good little Most slave. Most of the time, the vast majority of the time, I was too good. I was submissive and subservient. I was such a an obedient, respectful, good girl. Shut with everyone. Up, slave. And I couldn't take it one day. This was in, like, seventh grade. And I said some shit back to him nothing at all like you guys probably would but <laughs> and you i said something sarcastic i don't remember exactly what and nobody expected that from me my kids are harder sorry babe babes babe babe ski babe ski babe skis <clears throat> nobody expected that shit from me still nobody really does well no i'm getting i'm getting pretty <laughs> Mouthy with people these days, yeah, finally, uh, but not always to my benefit. Get myself into some really deep shit. Yeah, I gotta tell you. Um, and he didn't expect it either. Oh man, the look on his face. It's gonna go beep in just five, four, three, oh, two. Running out of time. Out of time. There is uh, for new listeners. The voicemail box will cut you off for three minutes, and. Uh, Sometimes to solve that, you just got to call right back. No, oh, I've been hitting it, but you know that by now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll wrap it up. I will, I will, I promise. <laughs> no phrase is going to happen this evening. No number three. No number three. So he didn't expect it, and the looks of shock from my classmates when I didn't even really have the courage to look people in the eye back then, and being a four-eyed little, you know... <laughs> little awkward little freckled girl uh you know <laughs> it was just something that i didn't even expect myself to do i got myself in trouble i was sarcastic he was sarcastic back i said some shit i don't i just it was great i never felt so good around i don't know authority until that moment yeah. that knowing that i could do that knowing that i could muster the courage and say something on the fly just just improv and i mean i i was getting applauded by a couple of kids as i was sent to the principal's office powerful <laughs> nice and he called me a little brat <laughs> <laughs> a little fucking brat you know what man i loved the punk and the goth the punks and the goths and metalheads man they were my heroes they always mouthed off to teachers anyway um oh yeah i'm through time. So, luckily for me, my mother was a always was a motherfucking hellraiser. Whoa! So she told me that I shouldn't do that because they called her and told her everything. And um, yeah, but um, you don't want to be like your mother. Yeah, she didn't think I had that courage either. Not like that. It was an amazing feeling. I didn't do that too much more, but I did in, more in high school. Anyway, yeah. It was worth it. It's 
fucking worth it. It was worth it. Oh, it felt so amazing. God damn. <laughs> Gotta speak up. Speak up for yourself and take a stand. Because it sucks being a kid in public school in Chicagoland. Oh. In, in the Chicago area especially. Just in general. And I can't wait to hear all about your first time getting kicked out of class. I hope it was worth it. Yes. And I bet it was. Always worth it. I love you both immensely in the bowl. In the bowl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the surprise smoochie. Mwah. We love you, quirk ass. The bowl. Oh, that baby, I know. He's he's going to suck that nipple right off of you. Gee, smack, smack, smack. Wow. Good Lord Almighty. I'm trying to, I'm trying to hit the cough button. Trying to cough him out. Can't get them all. Can't get them all. What can I say? You know, it's the it's the fourth trimester. We won't. We don't want to just throw him in the next room and uh, and wait. Aww. Wait to show out. You know, yeah, he's got to no. be around. He's got to maintain contact. You know, it's good. It's good. It's the first. You know, first few months of his life, he's gonna be around. It's alright. He's a young podcaster. He'll yeah. start. Uh, he'll start sleeping through the show like uh, any reasonable person would. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i was trying to go through my mind too and remember the first time i got kicked out of class uh i know in elementary school they they wouldn't like it would be pretty rare for you to get kicked out of the class because before the out of the class step they kind of kicked you to the back of the room and you'd have to like face the wall for a little bit you know like a little timeout thing um but my thing especially in those elementary years because like Chris, I was also homeschooled, but only for five years, kind of right in the middle. From fourth to eighth grade, I was homeschooled. So I went first through third grade. I went to elementary school, and then I went back when high school started. And uh, in elementary school, I never was the cut-up. I never was the class clown because I was, like, the kid who was good at math and reading and stuff. And so I was, like, kind of halfway teacher's pet. But the guys that yucked it up and like did always like try to get the laughs and cause the trouble i was always the first laugh i was always like those kids are the most hilarious <laughs> kids in the class those are the guys that i want to be friends with those are the guys that like you know so i would always be encouraging this sort of thing and uh chiming in and like egging it on i would never be the guy coming up with it but i'd definitely be like in there part of it being like oh my god uh and I do remember, in particular this time, I think it was uh, second grade, uh, and this n kid was like a new kid, so he's already a target, and then he was just a fucking goofball, man, like, never would shut up, was always just like the loudest kid, um, maybe a little bit like Phone Boy uh, was saying, where he was just always like disruptive and like, you know, had to say stuff or be like, blah, blah, blah. And he was playing with these, like, stuffed animals or something. And there was, like, a play toilet or something in the toys. <laughs> and he was just, like, doo -doo -doo, and jamming their heads in the toilet and <laughs> slamming the toilet. Uh, this little plastic fake toilet. And I was laughing so fucking hard, dude, uh, <laughs> that I was, like, falling out of my desk laughing. And we ended up both getting sent out to the hallway <laughs> just because he was being a moron and I was laughing at it so hard. And everybody else was, like... Kind of keeping their cool and being able to muff it, <laughs> muffle it, you know. But not me, dude. I was just rolling. I was like, I was, you know how you get when you're just laughing so hard that you're not even making a sound really anymore. 
But like your gut, your like your abs are just doing their own little crunches, and they just start getting sore from how hard you're laughing. Yeah. Tears are streaming down your face, and they sat us out there until we could like main uh, maintain composure, kind of regain control of ourselves. <laughs> they would sit us like with our backs against the wall, right outside the classroom door, and of course. Nobody's out there in the hall during a class, so then it's like all quiet, and then you're like, "Oh, this is a little bit lame," and you do calm down a little bit. But God, dude, that that would be me. I was never like, I was never the head mofo class clown, but I was always like goon number two, you know. So Spencer, don't raff. Don't raff. <laughs> don't raff, so Spencer. Oh my God, <laughs> I swear if this next color laughs, I don't know what I'm gonna do. First time I ever got kicked out of class was a teacher that uh, he he was one of those teachers that thought he was cool, but he really was not at all. Oh, one of those. And I would crack like jokes as he would say stuff. Anyways, I got myself into so much trouble in that class. Uh, it's funny because years later I he did left. drafting on drafting boards. Uh, I knew it. But I had so much trouble in that class. It was funny because... Uh, when I got my high school diploma, when it got mailed to me, it had like spelling, uh, spelling error in my name. So oh, they, shit. You know, I, I contacted the school and they got me a new one, but it didn't come till like almost the end of the summer. I'm going to come. Uh, of my senior, or the, the year after I, the summer that I graduated, it came like at the end of the summer. I went up to get it and it was back when they used to teach drivers training at, uh, high schools and it was a much better driver's training than we have nowadays. And, that's between that and cell phone users on the road. Uh, I think that's why we have a lot of shitty drivers. But anyways, um, when I was walking in, that guy taught uh, uh, driver's training uh, in the summertime. And then he, like, when I was walking off, he, he saw me. He's like, hey, what are you doing? Anyways, <laughs> I told him I was going to get my diploma, and he asked me to know what I was doing if I was working. I said, oh, yeah, I have a job. I do drafting. So that was pretty funny. In the bowl. Nice drafting. In the bowl. Very cool. Very drafty. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one thing they don't really do very often is driver's ed. Did you have to take driver's ed for school? I did not for school to get my license. Oh, they make you take driver's ed for a license? Yeah. Interesting. In Massachusetts. Here the requirement is just like X amount of hours behind the wheel that your parents are in the passenger seat, basically. And it's just kind of an honor system thing, you know. So when you're 15, you get your permit, and then you have to do X amount of hours. And then uh, when you're 16, you get your license, and you're free to go. Our school system had a driver's ed, but it was part of summer school, and I never did summer school. Hmm. Some kids did summer school because, you know, some of them have to, to make up credits or whatever. But other kids did it because in my district it was, like, incentivized. So they'd pay you, like, money and prizes to go to summer school. Whoa. But I was like, I always went to summer camp with scouts, so. Yeah. We're doing fun things in the summer. Yeah, that Not was kind of out of the question for me. But that's interesting. That actually brings up a good first time I ever potential. Oh, yeah? The first time I ever drove a car. Like, first time I ever. Got behind the wheel? Yeah, got in and mm. was driving the car, you know? I mean, obviously, like. Okay, not to give too much away, but maybe a tease. Like, my first time, it wasn't really like I went very far, you know, yeah. but my dad let me get in the car. Maybe a first time like that. First time I ever operated a motor vehicle. 
All right, I like that. I like that. That's going to be the next week's. Um, but we do have one more voicemail here in the hopper. We load it up and spark it. It's short and sweet, I think. Like, what are you going to do? Kick me out of my bedroom? Oh, my God. We have so many homeschool nerds that listen to this show. <laughs> Cheers and bowls to you, Boobery. I'm jelly of the homeschool kids. Blueberry Seems behind. like the wife. Blueberry behind the schemes. You were cringing to me about that the other day of like not remembering to like mention people's podcasts and stuff as they call oh, in or yes. whatever. Because I think we had my deepest apologies to Lavish. We talked Could about Lavash. We talked about Lavish, <laughs> um, and we didn't talk about Lavash, but we didn't talk also about behind the schemes or or the uh, cheat code loveislit.com. Uh, the easiest way and most reasonable way to get there. Yeah. Moan days at 9.30 central time. That's right. They had a great episode last night about um, magic and spells and like uh, witch TikTok or whatever, you know? It's like Ooh. a big thing. Witches on TikTok. Baby witches and BB witches and all types of witches. Witches be witching. I always felt like... Uh, there's a few things in life that you can do where self-identifying is kind of a red flag for imposters. <laughs> like once you self-identify as, I don't know, a witch or I don't know, some people put shaman, shaman in their profile yeah. or some people say that they're based. <laughs> I don't know. Like some of these things are like, yeah, but if you really were, would you be running around saying you were though? I'm just saying. Just saying. Just saying. Some of the mystery is cut out yeah. of your magic when you're <laughs> like, hey, I'm doing magic. Although sometimes you want to be obtuse, but it's just not like, I don't know. I'm reminded of when we first got on No Agenda Social and we did like the abundance spell oh, yeah. as like a big ass long thread and we were very obtuse about it, but we were kind of new and explaining ourselves, and also posting like nippy titty pictures on, we'd like wanted some sort of an explanation or an excuse as to why we do that. I don't know. Yeah. It's like, uh, there's a lot of things you can do with your words and your, uh, actions and all of it's some sort of spells. Exactly. Everyone is magical. Mm -hmm. It's just the amount of control you have over the spells you're casting. <laughs> it's kind of like and setting uh, intentions and awareness. Yes, exactly. Of your energy direction. Nobody ever mentions Phone Boy's podcast, Phone Boy Speaks. Jeez, it's like so digestible, too. There's only like 1,600 oh. episodes, and they're all bite-sized. They're all 5 to 10 minutes, right around 7 to 10, really, lately. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they're all like sh short and sweet to the point, thoughtful, well thought out. Yeah. What What about Phone Boy? You never mentioned Phone Boy Speaks. I'm sorry, Phone Boy. Phone Boy Speaks. You know him. You'll love him. Go check out Phone Boy Speaks. Yeah, you know it. Can't keep him. Can't keep him from speaking. You can kick him out of class, but you can't keep him from speaking. Well, you know, there's only one thing left That's to right. do. Should we check the text line? Oh, Is yeah, that a thing sure, to do, just in case? Well, I, I've been reading the text. <laughs> I get you. I get Our you. last text was from Reverend Cyber Trucker, who said, "Wow, seven already. Seven, seven indeed. Metal moments. But hey, man, why are we stolen? Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Let's go bowling. Want to bowl? Hard Mountain Dew is coming to you. Oh, shit. Yeah. 5% ABV. Wow. Mountain Dew that gets you as hammered as Bud Light. Yeah. Actually, 5 is higher than Bud Light, I think. Is it? Yeah. 
What's think, Bud Light? I think Bud Light's like four. Four, yeah. Yeah. Boston Beer Company teaming up with PepsiCo. Wow, that's probably going to taste like ass in a can, isn't it? That's what I'm thinking. And they're showing these different flavors, too. And then that's where you're really... Oh, yeah. Black cherry. And they all tout zero sugar. Yeah, that's the hot thing, zero <laughs> sugar these days. Black cherry. Is it going to be malt liquor or what? What's the deal there? I'm guessing I'm so. I'm trying to think of like how you would pull it off. Something I mean, that's been so popular lately is these fucking seltzers. seltzers. Right. But they're terrible. Yeah. In my opinion... I'm not, I don't get the seltzer thing. I don't get it. Uh, it's, very, it's just like not much flavor in any direction. But no. I've had the... I, Boulevard just started making their own version of a seltzer that I just tried. Mm-hmm. Not that great. We had the, you know, the usual suspects. Like Bud Light seltzer and uh, White Claw and the fucking Raven Hoof or whatever the fuck they've got. All the ones, you know. Based on the packaging, I think they're going for the seltzer that, feel and taste. Because that would make sense. It really looks like a white claw packaging. Hard Mountain Dew. <laughs> hard Mountain Dew used to mean moon motherfucking shine, dog. Hey. What are you doing? What are you doing? They're fucking it up. Shoot. Uh, and then the third flavor that they're going to offer is watermelon. Watermelon. Yep, yep, yep. Original black cherry watermelon. Artificial watermelon, I've not really been a fan of. No. Real watermelon is so delicious and juicy. You can't replace that. Sorry to feel like I just did an ad for them. But when I was in high school, I used to love Mountain Dew, and I would always just, if the waiter's like, what do you want to drink? I would say, do me. <laughs> and it, like, no one ever got it. So edgy. So I would have to be like, Mountain Dew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you hear one person do it, and then you're just like, that's a great line. I'm going to mind fuck a lot of people with this. Oh, you know, and so they just give you a real weird look. <laughs> <laughs> you know who else got a weird look? An Ohio see. man who was pulled over by the police and appeared to be choking to death on something. Oh, shit. Well, the police department decided to post the dash cam video online and laugh about it because he had attempted to swallow his weed baggie. Oh, shit. Don't swallow plastic. That's yeah. dangerous. More dangerous than the police. Yeah, yeah. If you gotta hide it, you're not gonna like this. But uh, you gotta, you gotta go for that butthole. Mm, the butthole. Yeah. So the cop did uh, pour for get him out of the car, do the Heimlich maneuver, and save his life, which is good. That's good. Uh, and it just makes you sad because it was just a gram. Yeah. Really, what you want to do baggie. is just remain calm. You know, if you get pulled over, hopefully your shit's already somewhere relatively smart. Like, I don't know, maybe your uh, glove compartment or maybe some kind of a hidden compartment in your car. Because there's plenty of them in cars. You just have to find one. Maybe it's in a pocket. Maybe it's in a backpack in the trunk. Maybe it's somewhere, okay? But once you get pulled over, it's nowhere. And you just have to roll with that. You can't be scrambling around stuffing it somewhere else. That's just like, there's cameras rolling. Once you're hit with them lights, they're already watching you, buddy. So no, don't, don't fucking swallow your bags, bros. No. You're going to die. You're going to die. You're going to die. Sucking but, on plastic but bags. But if you just calm the fuck down and figure out what you got pulled over for and get your little ticket or whatever it is, yep. most likely you don't got to worry about it. 
Yeah, you'll be uh, good to go. Choking on the bag. No, and <laughs> they're gonna plant. find the bag, dog. Look, I mean, and it sucks now if you live in a state that's still very harsh on this, but I have hope someday all the states will just expunge this shit. You know, it'll just be yeah. expunged depending on where you go. Maybe you know, it'd be a laughable offense. Oh, you had a little weed on you. Huh. Oh well. Yeah. So does everyone, at all times, pretty much. <laughs> but you know, so. Glad he uh, got his life saved, but sad that the cops think it's funny and post it online well, for everyone to enjoy. Just you know, don't swallow plastic bags. That's pretty. That is pretty that day it's one. It's not funny. No, but, but yeah, I mean, that's a that's a cheap shot for sure. More almost bloodshed for the war on drugs, and here we are laughing at the dumb son of a bitch. Moral of the story, dude, is just calm. Just be calm. You know. Yeah, tell that to the baby. Don't snitch on yourself for crying out loud. Trying to hi- you trying to hide it so they won't find it, guaranteeing them finding it is just it's not where you want to be, baby. No, it's not. Speaking of baby, the smallest baby at birth oh, gosh. just came home after thirteen months in the hospital. Wow. I'll start you off with the good news there, yeah. She was born at twenty five weeks via C section because mom was diagnosed with preeclampsia, which Oof. is when moms have dangerously high blood pressure that can damage vital organs and be fatal to both mom and baby. So not something you want to fuck around with. I know people who, people, women, I know women who have been diagnosed with preeclampsia and it's a serious diagnosis that I remember they couldn't drink no caffeine at all. They're just like no caffeine at all. Whoa. And uh, yeah, you got to be real careful with your diet and stuff. I, on the other hand, suffer from low blood pressure during pregnancy, but this isn't about me. This is about the smallest baby here. She weighed, let's see, where did I write my note? 2.47 ounces. That's about the weight of an apple. Oh, my to goodness. To put that in perspective. And it was 24 centimeters long. So when she came out like that through the C-section, the staff told the parents, hey, it's pretty unlikely she's going to live. Um, they hooked her up to all sorts of machines, of course, incubated her. And here she is. Her Damn. only issue right now is she has chronic lung disease. They didn't specify on what kind of lung disease, I guess. But she's going home with some breathing devices. But the doctors have said they expect her to get better with time. And uh, lucky for these parents, this was in Singapore, by the way. But lucky for these parents, uh, their crowdfunding effort actually covered the bill. Nice. Which was over 270000 American dollars. Oof. Yeah. But 13 months in the ICU, you know, that's, that's a long stay. No and uh, hospital stays are quite expensive. At 25 weeks, that's like halfway through. So 11 months in the hospital, but only four of that. Four of that she still should have really been in the womb as a normal birth. Yes. So she would be like kind of like the equivalent of a seven-month-old coming home. For the first time? Yeah, I think you're about right. Wild. Very wild. And I'm so happy that she's home. Love stories with a happy ending. Like that. Love to see it, yeah. Uh, what you don't love to see, though, is Barbie trying so hard to be inclusive and then just fucking it all up. Uh-oh. Barbie came out with these Olympic dolls, and they wanted to represent everyone. But guess what? They forgot to make an Asian doll. Uh-oh. The Tokyo Olympics. Oh. 
That's kind of the host country. And here they are touting the inclusivity of these dolls. Well, they got all the blacks and browns, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Black and brown community, that's what you have to have. That yep. mean, That's what diverse means. Yeah, they had them. They had uh, Barbie herself, the original design. And yeah, they even, I think they had like a shorter girl and like a chubbier girl. But uh, no Asians. So, oops. That's a big oversight, it seems like. Especially when you're marketing with the inclusivity label. Yes. You really got to cover your bases. I mean, geez, they probably should have had a trans Barbie also. And, uh, you know, men, too. We gotta, If you're inclusive, that means everyone, right? You can never, yeah. That's we have to represent every single person. A Native American. There better be stoner kin or I'm not fucking participating, <laughs> dude. Well, this is a two-parted story that you're going to love. Because Barbie also has a series of dolls called role models. Oh, nice. Which are different professions. Mine would be R-O-L-L models, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Carry on. Professional rollers. Yeah, you know. Of the J. But, yeah, these role model dolls. We have blunts here. They're all women who have, uh, they're supposed to inspire little girls to go into mostly STEM careers, of gotcha. course. You know, I'm, I, I don't know. I haven't looked at the whole catalog, but there's probably a coder. Drafting Barbie? Drafting. For, for oh, Ned, that was For Net Ned? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they went that far. You know, I was thinking coder, like just the word coder. No real specifics there. Just Podcaster Barbie. No. <laughs> They'll never do that. But specifically in recent months, they shifted the role model Barbie to be women who they believe, Mattel believes, have made impacts in their communities and globally during the whole pandemic ongoing. And the latest one, which I believe is the final doll in the installation, is a vaccinologist who worked (laughs) on the experimental jab and is a professor at Oxford. Trust the science, Barbie. Yeah, and there's five of them. There's five of the Trust the Science Barbies. I know they got them listed here somewhere, but I know there was like a frontline worker Barbie, emergency Ooh, room nurse. Dancing TikTok Barbie. <laughs> yeah, okay. We got emergency nurse based off of a Brooklyn nurse. Yeah, TikTok Barbie. We have a um, frontline worker. That's a pretty uh, vague language if you ask me, but from Las Vegas who joined forces with other Asian-American physicians to fight racial bias and discrimination. So there's your Asian Barbie. She's in the role model series. She just didn't make it to the Olympics, even though it was in Tokyo. Uh, They have a psychiatry resident from the University of Toronto, Canada, represented as a Barbie. Straight jacket Barbie. A biomedical researcher. uh, And also uh, the co-founder of Gowns for Doctors. A gown that can be laundered and reused, Barbie. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Show me your butt walking down the hall, Barbie. Ow, ow. Barbie's not just about fashion anymore. Oh, and also, I did want to point out. because Sorry, I saw Barbie's butt. With, uh, my daughters are interested in Barbie dolls and right. like to look at them when they see them. And there's Farmer Barbie, which I think is very cool. And her little setup can actually appear to grow corn, which is neat. I was like, that's pretty cool. It comes with a bunch of farm animals. But you know who's not represented? Who? Mother Barbie. Oh, no. You know, there used to be pregnant Barbie or Barbie with babies in strollers, I remember, in the 90s. No more. You know, there's no moms. Don't roll. Your mom's not a role model. Barbie's not a mom. 
She's a strong, independent woman who goes and tries all these different careers. And if she doesn't do it, you can count on Skipper or Stacy or Chelsea to do it. Yeah. Because she's got sisters, you know. Yeah. So they break them up. I guess that's a thing. I did see a babysitter, Barbie, but not. it wasn't Barbie. It was one of her sisters. Uh, but yeah, no mom. No mom. So you can sit on the babies, but you just can't have them. Exactly. Exactly. You can watch other people's. Bunch of racists, man. Yeah. In Missouri here, a Ripley County man beat the state record for eel size by catching an eel who weighed in at six pounds, 15 ounces, which is two pounds heavier than the record that was set in 1993. Whoa. Yeah, I guess people haven't been eeling. It's like a 50% increase (laughs) in eel size. Haven't been reeling those eels in. Reminds me of your penis eel from last week. Oh, that was a snake, though. Penis snake that you said did not look like a penis. Yeah. The penis snake. And he wasn't a snake either. So the whole thing was a (laughs) waste of the lane. Big fat chunk of fake news is what it was. Fake fucking news. (laughs) Well, this isn't because it's on camera. And you know it's real when you see it on video on on the computer screen. Yeah. It might not be real on TV, but it goddamn if it's on the computer, it must be real. Yeah. You can click this on mom, it. It's real if you can click on it. Well, you can hear the screams in the video, so I think that kind of helps. <laughs> oh, uh, this mom was videotaping her son surfing on her smartphone. He was out surfing, and a wave was coming in behind him. And then you just see this shark leap out of the water and complete a quadruple spin. I mean, it's the most beautiful and Holy graceful shit. thing I've seen in a long time. Like a literal Sharknado in front of your face. Yes, he just shoots out of the water and then do 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 quadruple spin. I mean, that's an Olympic, Olympic-level shark athlete right there. Wow. He needs to be signed. Someone's got to sign that shark onto their team. It's America's yeah. shark. It's America's shark. Shark flips for the Russian Olympic Committee or whatever. Oh, yeah, the ROC or <laughs> wherever they had them represented uh here's a story i feel like they should have covered while they were over there with the olympics but of course they didn't because you know, nothing interesting gets covered in tokyo a cafe just opened with robot waiters what makes them cool is that they're controlled remotely by disabled workers oh. yeah the cafe opened on june 22nd featuring these humanoid robots uh, and they serve as avatars for the people who can't leave their house for whatever uh, reason. Disabilities. They also listed childcare um, as a reason that you could work for this company. You know, oh, gotcha. Be benefited by this company. The robots can be controlled through eye movement. So even the paralyzed and immobilized can work there. Wild. So, yeah, it just breaks down a huge barrier for people that want to work and haven't been able to. Um, they are created by Ori, O-R-Y Laboratory, Inc., a Japanese robotics company. And uh, the CEO, Kentaro Yoshifuji, said he got the idea after being bid- bedridden in the hospital for almost three years. Way too long. Whoa. Way too long. Uh, so the robots are equipped with a camera and a microphone and a speaker so that customers can order and interact. But they had a picture of a, a snazzed up bartender robot i was like that would be fun but difficult i would think you know yeah like, that sounds like a challenge for sure the hand I mean, eye coordination waiting tables is hard enough in person yeah with my own hands like <laughs> you gonna do it over some kind of internet lag and shit like, with your 
blinking your eyes you yeah know? like Ooh. what if you get something in your eye and then you look the wrong way Uh-oh. and you smack somebody in the head on accident with uh, your robot arm all i could think of was here in kansas city we have fritz's which is a train themed restaurant yeah and there's a train on tracks that goes up around the ceiling of the restaurant and it's got a little basket underneath it and then it'll stop at the table that ordered the food and the basket will lower and their food should be in the basket uh, and it kind of tilts the bottom so that the food gets dropped out onto a tray next to the table. Well, sometimes even that train, tried and true technology there, you know, that basket just gets a little bit heavier stuck or something and it flips it and it lands on the table, on the people. Maybe <laughs> there wasn't enough on the basket and it flips it and it goes flying. You know, these things happen. I have seen... Uh... And that's, they make it rain fries on people woo-hoo. before. <laughs> that's basic technology there. Yeah. Just a little toy train. Oh, you gotta so, worry. You gotta worry and wonder, man. But you know, since uh, since the news media didn't go in there and check it out for themselves or anything, we'll never know. They would have loved. I bet you, if a robot malfunctioned, it would have been all that. You know, they would have started the story with that. Look at this robot dumping <laughs> my drinks on my feet. <laughs> <laughs> but I would love to see more of this and how it works, and uh, you know. If it makes it rain fries on anyone. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, but you don't want to be making it rain fluids out of your armpit. I think we can agree <laughs> on that. Everyone can agree. I am, I'm with you We there. don't want to secrete any white discharge from our armpits now, do we? No. No. So in Portugal, a new mom went to the doctor because her armpit hurt really bad and there was this huge round mass. And when the doctor pushed on it, it would like shoot out white discharge okay turns out she had mammary glands that had formed with all this like extra breast tissue up in the armpit and could secrete breast milk from her armpit whoa yeah is horrible it is horrible uh there was one other instance of this listed oh my god in a medical journal in 1999 that described an 18-year-old mom who pumped milk from her armpit to relieve pain from the giant lump of milk in their armpit or whatever. (laughs) Freak alert. Freak alert. Uh, They've said that in some cases, nipples can appear in the armpit when a woman becomes pregnant and this all comes out. Uh, But in these two women, that wasn't the case. The milk was just coming out of the armpit. It's called a polymastia. A condition in which accessory breast tissue develops along the former embryonic mammary ridge. Now, the mammary ridge, of course, is cells that go from the armpit to the groin. Oh, yeah. That develop while you're having a baby. Yeah. And, you know, I've had swollen lymph nodes under my armpit. Yeah. And there was a big bulge there. But as soon as John was born, they went away. Uh, and they definitely never kicked out milk. They didn't become extra tits. Because you guys oh would have seen a video of that if that was a thing. I would have been <laughs> having a great old time doing oh the chicken dance and just squirting God. milk all over the place. <laughs> God uh, help us all. So this additional breast tissue uh, occurs in about 2 to 6% of women. Wow. And I guess they're you're born with it. Interesting. So, yeah. Wild. But you never find out until you get pregnant. Never find out until, yeah. And it kicks in. The milk comes in. Oh, yeah. Ready to feed baby. Why are my armpits wet? So <laughs> soaked. Not just sweat. It's all white. What the fuck? It smells like cheese. Oh, that's What's the worst happening? Part. What's happening? What's <laughs> happening? So, 
people might have wondered what was happening when they saw this lady licking everything she touched in a Colorado grocery store. Oh, why? Oh. I would say because she needs attention. It's got to be the nastiest a, round she's of one of those we've ever rolled. <laughs> strong, strong anti-jabbers. Pro-germ is the platform she runs herself on. Okay. She's an attractive lady, so she's doing good on TikTok with the, you know, making these kinds of videos. Sure. And she decided one day she wanted to boost her immune system by just licking everything she touched in this okay. grocery store. And uh, I'm pro-germ myself, but I would say this isn't the way to go about it. Well, yeah, you, know, you gotta lick your own germs. You lick your own shit. Yeah. You're you... gonna buy that from the grocery store, and then you can lick the box. Yeah, lick it when you get home. Yeah. Lick the bottom of your shoe or whatever. You can't just go licking other people's shit that they're gonna buy. Exactly. Or shit that you haven't bought yet that's in your cart, even. Yeah. It's like I yell at the kids when that. they try to open the snacks in the store. It's oh, like, yeah. yo, at least wait till the car when we've paid for it, because until then, it's not yours. You gotta pay for it first, for crying out loud. Yeah, no, Fletcher, she wasn't licking other customers, just items on shelves. See, now, if you're going for germs... Oh, yeah, yeah. Lick some people's masks. Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> that would be gross. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Oh, yeah, lavish is in there. Lick a potty. That would potty. that would definitely uh, get some germs in your system. Uh, nothing, Boost up that germ your nasty mouth. That's what I say. Yeah, a little. Uh, I mean, I get it. I get the. I get the mechanism. A little firmware upgrade for your uh, immune system. But uh, the whole property rights issue comes into play. Like that ain't your shit. No. Yeah. Lick shit that's yours. Lick your own shit. That's our takeaway. <laughs> Phone boy's got something she can lick. Apparently. Oh. In the bowl. You guys See, that's are what another customer tonight. should have said See, to her. How you got all the bowlers riled up with your <laughs> breast milk, insane. armpit milk? Yeah, you're on a licking, roll, babe. Licky, licky. Well, this uh, <laughs> this last story might just to kill it, but new pterosaur remains were dug up in Australia, and uh, I found the article because one of the researchers said this is the closest thing to a a, a dragon that's been found and that will probably ever be found. Now, All right. I've always been like, where are my dragons at? You know? Right. Here's one, maybe. Uh, largest flying reptile for Australia and their uh, fossils. They have named this one, this type, Tabunana, which is a Wanamara, two Wanamara words for spear and mouth. Spear mouth. Booby Bobby marijuana words? What? Oh, uh, yeah. Essentially, it was just a skull with a long neck bolted onto a pair of very long wings. The skull was a meter long by itself, and the wingspan was seven meters. So yeah, just imagine this thing flying over, casting those shadows. It's like, all of a sudden, it's nighttime. No, it's not. It's Tabunana. (laughs) (laughs) These names they come up with is ridiculous. And so, of course, then I'm like, pterosaur? Don't you mean a pterodactyl? And they're like, No. It's a pterosaur, you know, oh, commonly cha- referred to as a pterodactyl. They changed a bunch of dinosaur names in the last, like, 15, 20 years. Now, I don't know if a pterodactyl is a specific type of pterosaur. They, I'm they so They put lost. feathers on them and shit now. Yeah. Yeah. The science is uh, evolving, you know. Evolving, yes, yes. Giant skull with wings, this one may be. Uh, but they said it's pretty rare to find 
these bones because uh, they evolved over time to have pretty much hollow bones with real thin walls, which helped with their powered flight. So even if they find their remains, it's hard to preserve them and keep them in good condition. But we're keeping the bowl in good condition. Yeah, absolutely. And those lanes are in good condition. You know, we haven't rolled a perfect game yet, but I'm going to keep trying. Well, it was a fun uh, fun little round this time. Yeah. And it's been fun hanging with all you bowlers out there. Yeah, and having fun is really all that matters. That's right. We got to laugh. That's what we're all about. Having a good time, you know, doing our thing. Hanging they had a great the, goddamn time. Hanging out in the bowl with you. Well, thanks so much. Uh, join us. At, we'll be in the very end of Sir Seat Sitter's epic 12-hour show tomorrow. Absinthe6pack.com. <laughs> ABSNA6pack.com. You know where it's at. You got it bookmarked. It's right there in your bookmarks. Click on it tomorrow. We'll be over there. And uh, we'll bring you another bowl next Tuesday. And until then, I've been Dame DeLorean. I've been Sir Spencer. With Baby Wolf Cub John. That's right, that's right. And as always, keep those bowls burning brighter. Bowl after bowl till he's sick. May your bowls burn ever brighter. You are listening to Bowl After Bowl with Spencer and Lorian. Bowlafterbowl.com <laughs>